0: Previously, on The Incomparable. Well, I'm going to go with one then that's uh, that's close to my heart. I know somebody's just raring to pick him, so I better grab him now. I'm going to pick uh, pick Skeletor from
1: the <laughs> Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <toon series. laughs> Sorry, I did not see that coming.
2: The Incomparable, number 495, January 2020. Welcome back, everybody,
3: to The Incomparable, and Happy New Year. It's the first episode of 2020, and we are going to celebrate the new year by looking back at the previous year. Like that meme where there's that guy looking at that one lady and not the other lady. I Classic. Guess where that guy? Remember that meme from, like, the last decade? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's The Incomparable Clip Show, and I'm here with a collection of wonderful panelists uh, who are among our top panelists by volume. In 2019, let me introduce them in uh, in order of uh, appearance ranking. The most appearances in 2019 by an incomparable panelist, uh, his first time at the top of the charts. Why says Hello. Side effects may include diarrhea
4: of the mind.
3: Uh, I'll leave that to the the listeners' imagination. Uh, second most appearances <laughs> by uh, by a very slight number. It's uh, Dan Warren. Hello. Uh, by volume, must I speak louder, Jason? <laughs> Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up for 2020. Right. Maybe you'll be there. Uh, also, Erica Ensign is here. Hello,
5: hi. How do you know my volume? It's 11, actually.
3: Okay, good, excellent, excellent. Is that metric measures or imperial?
5: Yeah, that's me- that metric.
3: So, which is you know like six imperial. you went on the conversion rate. It's, it's like 11 uh, deci louds
6: it's yep. a, it's a
3: metric. De- Decibels.
6: Deci- it already has Desi. No, it's <laughs> Desi Louds.
3: They're like they're Lucy Louds and De- Desi Louds. And I was going to say that's who produced. Either- <laughs> yeah,
1: are we yeah. doing, are we doing hey, metric or it's, imperial? It, it's I need David to J. Lohr, uh who who was number four on the on the Hit Parade. Hi, David. Hi. D- this year, I'm dressed as the cartoon Spider man looking at each other and pointing. Great uh Aline sims could not be here she
3: uh also made as many appearances as david um and then uh who yes c lutz could be here and he's here hi steve <gasps> is he when did are he you get in here? this one yeah i don't know 2020 jason it's here it's finally it's here. can you believe <laughs> it things feel finally. different now <laughs> those flying cars are really winning me over. things feel different hmm. next year we should um we should do record the clip show like tomorrow and invent things that happened in 2020 (laughs) and then bank it for 12 months
0: and then just put it out and people like i don't remember any of this stuff just sounds uh, good the improv clip show it would be really weird of us to just totally make something up from whole cloth and just yeah. Yeah. pretend it's it like real and just give That's, it to the audience. No, doesn't sound like us. It would be a betrayal of the audience.
3: <laughs> a true betrayal. Also present, uh, at last but not least, except by volume, um, least among this group, but not least among the larger group. Uh, anyway, it's complicated. It's Monty Ashley. Hi, Monty. It's good to have I'm you here. I'm also present. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I, you know, not least.
7: Not least, but last <laughs> in an ordered rank. In order, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout out to John Syracuse, who would be next? He didn't get invited. Ha. Missed the cutoff. Oh, <laughs> well, there are a lot of wow. angry people out there, right? Now. <laughs> so you're saying,
7: I'm here instead of John Syracusa. Indeed. Indeed you are, Monty. Ashley.
3: Who's going to do
4: the opening statement? He's busy worshipping at the altar of his new Mac Pro.
3: All right. um, Here's what we are doing on this stupid episode that we do. Uh, One of the things we're going to do is we're going to talk about things we liked in 2019 and uh, some of our very, very favorite things. We'll do a lightning round of that. And then I'll ask my panelists if they've got any favorite moments or episodes or things that we did this year on the incomparable and uh, related podcast and i've got some clips selected by listeners that i'm going to play for you because this is a uh it's a clip show with content that's uh the difference that's we just can't bear to just recycle clips for the whole episode so we give you some content too and uh to start off our, our look back at 2019 uh with some of our favorites moises what are your uh, very favoritest things of uh that you consumed in 2019
4: uh, well i I selected one specific book because most of the other books that I read were very 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 old and not not new ish um, but in particular uh Chanel Miller's know my name uh I've listened to the audiobook twice read the book book once, and it, it, it I, I'm picking it as just the one book um that really uh punched me in the gut punched me uh in the heart uh the most uh, all year um for the longest time people knew her as uh, as the victim of uh, Brock Turner and, uh, and her, her book is, is, uh, is an incredible compelling read. Uh, it's, it is the, um, it is the, the best thing I read all year and the best thing I've read in, in many years now. Um, uh, most of my comic book reading, uh, has been dominated thanks to either incomparable prep work or convention prep work. And that's turned out to be a lot of Spider-Man. So Spider-Verse, which we covered on the show, uh, Spider-Geddon, which, uh, I touched on and realized I hadn't read. Craven's Last Hunt, The Wild Storm, which I think Warren Ellis wrote specifically for me and Lisa Schmeiser, um, and uh, The House of X and The Dawn of X, uh, X-Men books from Marvel that have come out, uh, out of that are the ones that came to mind as I was jotting together a list. In the world of TV, I caught up on the entirety of three shows. Orphan Black, I finally watched all of. Uh, I got really sick in the winter and caught up on all of game of Thrones in advance of season eight. Sure. And then you got really sick again. (laughs) Yeah. Then I got really sick again all of a sudden. I don't know why. Um, and, uh, and from my convention work, I had to catch up on all of my hero academia, which is like it's it's like the love child of the X-Men and the Legion of Superheroes. Uh it is a, it is a really fun, really great anime series and and I get why all the kids love it. Um loved lots of stuff on HBO this year. This is very much the year of HBO for me. Um the big stuff that everybody has been talking about Watchmen Chernobyl, uh Succession season 2, um the Mrs. Fletcher limited series that just finished up was fantastic. Um Amazon's Man in the High Castle season 4, finished that show. That was amazing. most recent ep- uh, uh, series of of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season three is amazing. Um, good omens also on Amazon. Fantastic. The boys on Amazon, uh, really wonderful as well. Another show that I caught up on all of is, uh, is billions on Showtime, which is like a, it's a, it's like the weird cousin to succession where they both live in the, in the financial world, uh, of all the hedge fund managers and terrible people that make the world terrible. And yet they manage to be about villains and not be as terrible as the Joker movie. Let's see. Oh, uh, and, and then there, there were a couple, there were a couple things that I watched that I really loved that were not in the conversation of the biggest, most amazing things of the year, like Fleabag season two was, which I loved. Um, CBS All Access is Why Women Kill. It's like nobody watched it, and it was really, really good, um, really incredibly well told. Um, Dickinson on Apple TV Plus, and then One Day at a Time season three, and the BBC's this time with Alan Partridge, uh, starring Steve Coogan in the world of movies. Uh, the, the list is as long as my arm, uh, but I cut it down to a few, uh, revival and restoration screenings. I caught, um, one wise chunking express and in the mood for love police story one and two just got restored in 4k and those movies look and sound more amazing than they ever have. On the new movie side of things, uh, Mamoru Hosoda's Mirai uh, was in theaters briefly, and was fantastic. Uh, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary, What We Left Behind. The movies that a, that a lot of people uh, really loved that I also loved, Knives Out, uh, Midsommar, and Parasite. Um, and a couple that didn't get as much love and not as many people saw them, uh, plus one, a rom-com that defies various rom-com conventions. And if movies where people are, uh, wearing 17 layers of Victorian clothes, uh, our more your speed. I would recommend the current War Director's Cut, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison, Michael Shannon as uh, as Westinghouse, Nicholas Holt as Tesla, and Matthew McFadyen, uh, my uh, my fave from Succession, as J.P. Morgan. And then in the world of video games, I just sank a ridiculous amount of time into Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Nintendo Switch which is like those arcade beat-em-up games from the days of arcades, but in 3D with a bunch of Marvel characters. Um, Super Mario Maker 2, Link's Awakening, I threw some time into. And I finally played Ori and the Blind Forest because it released on the Switch in a definitive edition uh, a couple months back. As a whole, this year for me was uh, doing a whole bunch of comic conventions. And uh, and one of the best things that came out of that was just uh, getting to see a bunch of nerds uh, see themselves find themselves and uh, and have a place to call home. Uh, and that's what the incomparable is for me. Uh, that is my essay.
3: Oh, thank you. That was Now that is high density lightning round. Lots of stuff. I'm going to... Oh, the show notes. They're going to hurt. They're going to hurt my fingers.
7: Um, Oh, just wait. He made up one of those things.
6: (laughs) Dan Morin, it's your turn. Your favorite things of 2019, last year. You're gone by. Wow. You know, it's always fun to go back at the end of the year and try to figure out what the hell happened this year. What did I do? What was going on? And you know, there was a lot. Every year, I tell myself I'm going to get better about writing down all the stuff I did. Every year, that doesn't happen, except for books. I wrote down books. And yet, I didn't read as many books books as i would like this year that was a disappointment of mine that i was revisiting at the end of the year um uh, this past year that i i only read something like 20 books and that was like way fewer than i've read in previous years uh, i'll pick out a couple ones that i really enjoyed um Uh, the, uh, novella October man by Ben Aronovich, which is an entry in his rivers of London series is a really interesting perspective shift in that it moves away from the normal, uh, uh, protagonist character and instead sets the action in Germany. It was a fun little twist. It kept that, that feeling very fresh. Um, I, I really thought that was one of the, the best things that I read this year. And I, I really love that series. Um, a uh, a nonfiction book, Word by Word, by Corey Stamper. Was a, uh, she was a former uh, associate editor at Merriam-Webster, and it's all about how you make dictionaries and define words. And I thought it was fascinating. And she's a really engaging writer, too. Um, if you are into sort of just words, language, that kind of stuff, it's a great nah. read. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> <sense, but laughs> not even a word. A book, I think... Uh, Jason, you can tell me, I think I saw this on your Goodreads and that inspired me to go read it. Uh, The Life and Afterlife of Harry Houdini. Ah, yes, Mm. indeed, by Joe Pestansky. Very good. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I had not even heard about it uh, until I saw it on your Goodreads. And in fact, when I did my, at the end of 2019, it gives you your Goodreads like stats. I think that was like the book that the fewest number of people on Goodreads, had read and i was like oh, oh, wow awesome. that's a crime I, it's a great book it's a lot of fun I, it's fantastic yeah. i really dove into that one and uh, as somebody who you know did a little bit of dabbled in the magic when i was much younger um it made me very nostalgic for that so i like that one a lot uh and then a um a twofer discovered uh um a mystery series um by a woman named aaron Lindsay. Uh, The first book is called Murder on Millionaire's Row. It's set in the early 20th century, I believe. Um, And I picked this up because it was repped by another agent at my agency, and I just started reading it because I was in the mood for like kind of an interesting, you know, period mystery. And I got halfway through it and <laughs> I halfway through it probably, but at a certain point there's a ghost and I'm like, whoa, what am I reading? <laughs> I got very surprised to realize that it was actually like a fantasy uh, tinge mystery, but it was great. And there's a sequel called The Golden Grave, which I also liked as well. So uh, throw those out there. Um, and, you know, honestly, I read a few other things, but those are the ones that really stood out to me this year. So um i i'm hoping to dive into i have a very extensive reading list which i will hopefully get into more next year so uh yeah i wasn't reading books um i saw some movies i went to try and remember which ones i saw and realized I, i cannot remember large swaths of that but i'll pick out the three that i mentioned here two new ones um Uh, Knives Out, Moises mentioned, which is a fantastic movie. Really love that. They don't kind of make those that much anymore. Uh, But I'll throw in Avengers Endgame, obviously, bringing to an end that lengthy saga. Uh, I thought it was pretty satisfying. I really was looking forward to it, and it felt that it delivered on pretty much what I wanted out of it. Uh, And then a movie that I caught that came out a few years ago that I hadn't seen, which was uh, Logan Lucky uh steven soderbergh's movie if you also want to see daniel craig doing another uh american ed regional accent uh good year for that a little <laughs> uh, a little
1: broader this time
6: uh but that's a great movie it's really funny uh a lot of unexpected i think it was underrated and slipped beneath uh, a lot of people's radars I did not add a lot of music to my library this year, but the two albums that stood out to me, one of which I was talking to Jason about uh, not that long ago, uh, uh, Guster, my one of my favorite bands, uh, put out an album in 2019, Look Alive, which is uh, pretty good. It's a very different sound from a lot of their previous stuff, but I think it's got a couple really standout tracks on it. They have two bongos now. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, they, they got a they bought a, they bought a drum to go with yeah, the bongos. Yeah, a drum set, a
6: real drum. Uh, yeah. I have a sauce, hey, there are Somerville bands. You know, I I got sauce for them, uh, and the. I didn't mention the movie Captain Marvel, which I did like, but I thought the soundtrack for it um, by Pinar Toprek. Also, I think the first woman to write a score for a Marvel movie, which, you know, adds to the long list of things that, that Marvel <laughs> needs to get better at. But it's a really fantastic uh, score that I keep coming back to. So throw that out there. Did not play a lot of video games, but I did play Untitled Goose Game, which was a delight. Oh my um, God, how did I forget that um, one? Yeah, <laughs> see, I got one. It changed there. my life. Uh, did not listen to a ton of podcasts, but the two, the one that uh, started, I think, at the beginning of 2019, uh, David Tennant does a podcast with, which ended up also being one of my kind of uh, dinner time uh, accompaniments. And I just found it delightful, these, especially his these episodes, uh, John uh, John Hamm and Michael Sheen. Those are um, some fantastic interviews there. Uh, and uh, I caught up on Dragon Friends season five, which is also absolutely fantastic. I still haven't listened to season four, but I listened to the rest of them. Um, most of what I did, however, was watch TV shows, apparently. Uh, so ones that I'll throw out there that I've really enjoyed, uh, uh, for all mankind, the morning show, um, Apple's entry into the, uh, uh, TV market. And those are two shows that started off. I wasn't quite sure what to think about them, but as they went along, they became some of the most compelling things I watch every week. Um, I caught up on all of the get shorty show on epics and, that is a hilarious show that is also, I think, underrated and flew believe a lot of people's radar. Chris O'Dowd um, as a it's not an adaptation of the movie or the uh, Elmore Leonard story. It's kind of a same take on it, but with different characters. And it's a great uh, showbiz send up. Uh, so if you enjoy Hollywood satires crossed with crime, uh, <laughs> you know, stories, it, it works really well um i i caught a couple other shows that had been in um off the air for a while or i think recently canceled a show called imposters which i don't know if anybody else watched really great show a con artist show with a lot of humor in it uh about a bunch of people who get conned by the same woman who essentially marries them and then steals all their money and so they decide to track her down Uh, It ran for two seasons. I think it's all on Netflix now, but I I just devoured all of that. And there are some truly fantastic uh, performances there, uh, including from um, an actor who I didn't like in other things I've seen him in, but was great in this. Parker Young uh, plays a fantastic character in that. Um, I rewatched all of Covert Affairs, one of my favorite spy series of all time, and it was just as good as I remembered it. Um, And then a a guilty pleasure I discovered this year, uh, uh, a show that aired, I think, over the summer on CBS, Blood and Treasure. It is a super cheesy, super campy show, but it is amazingly delightful and, and basically mines every single trope from like Indiana Jones uh god i don't even know every every other crime you know cop not a cop show um and it just keeps it kind of goes over the hill of like oh this is just a rip ripoff of all this other stuff into yes but it's delightful <laughs> i um, wanted so much more mark gagliardi on that show he's great he is really good. i mean everybody i kind of enjoy katia winter as the uh swedish interpol agent who's just very deadpan all the time great um yeah that show is a lot of fun and then finally, uh, The Mandalorian, of course, which is uh, just finally bringing live action Star Wars uh, to the TV screen. And I just have been uh, besotted with it. Let's say I've obviously Baby Yoda has become a cultural icon, but the show itself is, I think, just a really, a really great series of a kind that I don't think we see as much anymore it's willing to do episodic it's willing to do crazy things like well let's not show you the main character's face for most of the series uh and yeah I think that was truly a pretty amazing show and I've really enjoyed it and enjoyed covering it Um, And then when I looked back at all the reasons that I uh, didn't do as much as I thought I did this year, it's because I remembered that I wrote a book and, (laughs) and, and published another book, and it was uh a lot of work and took a lot of time out of me and my favorite thing of all year which i should probably mention is i got married and that's the other reason that the summer is kind of a blur i realized as i look back that's my wife is cheering in the background now <laughs> <laughs> the incomparable was recorded before a studio audience it's it's dan's wife and david's
3: cats sometimes my dog <laughs>
6: and monty's dog and they go home with our home game and steve's cat box it's a small but discerning audience and- really. <laughs> fair anyway so yeah that's why my year was so busy and I don't really remember any of the other things I did and didn't read enough books All but right. next year maybe uh, next year for sure hi Dan's wife <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> She can't actually hear you. No, okay. The Incomparables Clip Show Spectacular is brought to you by
3: Masterclass. Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You can learn the art of filmmaking from Martin Scorsese, improve your screenwriting with Aaron Sorkin, or learn the art of storytelling from Neil Gaiman. There are more than 60 different instructors across tons of categories. There's something for everyone. Like me, I enjoyed Chris Hadfield's. Instruction. Do you not know who Chris Hadfield is? He's an astronaut. And he was telling me what it's like to be an astronaut. Am I going to be an astronaut? Well, probably not. But uh, I really did enjoy what goes into being an astronaut and what their training is like and things like that. Very cool stuff. And Neil Gaiman uh, is on deck. There are more than 65 wide ranging class offerings. So really, there is something for everyone. There are awesome classes you should check out. Get an unlimited access pass to every Masterclass right now, and as a listener to the show, you'll get 15% off the annual pass. Go to masterclass.com slash incomparable to sign up. That's masterclass.com incomparable for 15% off the annual all-access pass at Masterclass. Thank you, Masterclass, for supporting the incomparable. Uh, okay, Erica?
5: All right. Well, I also did not read as much as I wanted to this year. I was trying to think, oh, books. Are there any books that I read that I want to talk about that we didn't already talk about on the podcast and uh turns out not so much uh because (laughs) yeah episode 448 Uh, is all about Dan's book, which I was gonna mention, but yeah, I wasn't on that episode, obviously. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was good. And then I was like, oh yeah, I also, uh, reread and then read the sequel to a series I like, uh, the first book, Magic, Madness, and Mischief, and its sequel, Spirits, Spells, and Snark, which are two mid-grade fantasy books set in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, but I actually did recently read episodes about those, so go listen to episodes 30 and 34 if you want to (laughs) hear why I like those books. Um, Uh, It was mostly TV for me this year. So I will second uh, Fleabag as being wonderful. And I will also recommend Crashing, which is another Phoebe oh, Waller-Bridge yeah. ah, short yes. comedy series that just follows the lives of like a bunch of fairly awful people who are living together in a disused hospital. Uh, it, it doesn't feel as polished and perfect as Fleabag does, but I liked the characters in that actually more. So if you liked Fleabag, probably check out Crashing, especially if, the, if you didn't like how she breaks the fourth wall all the time in Fleabag. That doesn't happen in Crashing. So if that distracted you or something, uh, crashing might be more your thing. Um, Yeah, this year was really a year for binging things and catching up for me. So uh, the most recent one is the show that I'm completely and utterly in love with right now is called Younger and <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a comedy like short episodes like you know 20 25 minutes and it's about a woman who gets mistaken for a 26 year old but she's actually 40 and she's trying to get a job get back into the workforce after taking time off to raise a daughter and she can't get a job because she's too old and everybody's ageist uh, so she decides to pretend to be 26 to get a job and she does it and uh, the main character is played by Sutton Foster who is in Bunheads and I love her uh, also her, uh, her sidekick slash friend at work is Hilary Duff, who you might know from a billion Disney things like Lizzie McGuire and the Cinderella story, and uh, also features Debbie Mazar and Miriam Shore. So, like, many faces that you you recognize. And I just adore this show because it is smart, and it is funny, and it is full of good people making questionable decisions. (laughs) There are no real (laughs) villains, which is, like, that's a narrative choice I just love. The tension comes from their choices. There are not cartoon villain people who are out to get them it is it is simply people trying to get along in life and do the best they can for themselves and their friends and it is like there were a couple episodes that just made me cry because the people in the show are just good people <laughs> they're so good it just made me cry so i love younger um i also managed to catch up on uh, lucifer which is, uh, you know, loosely based on the comic series where Lucifer Morningstar decides to, to quit being in charge of hell and, uh, open a nightclub in Los Angeles. And it is speaking of cop, not a cop shows. Yep. That's oh. what it is. <laughs> Cause he teams, teams up with a detective. Um, and yeah, Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer, his level of charisma in that role should be illegal i think because like i do not for a second buy the chemistry that's supposed to be there between him and his his co-lead on the show but i don't even care because he has more than enough charisma for the both of them <laughs> and then some um and uh, db woodside plays his also ridiculously charming and super hot brother amenadiel um <laughs> and uh lucifer's like sidekick slash demon pal Mazikeen. uh she's not at all charming but it's on purpose and it is super great and She's still super hot, uh, played by Leslie and Brandt. And of course, Lucifer ends up in therapy because, you know, it's L.A. And his therapist is played by rachel harris whom i loved from suits and she Mm -hmm. is super great here also very hot uh and kevin alejandro is in it i knew him from arrow um fellow canadian trisha helfer from battlestar galactica joins the cast for a while in an amazing role uh so basically like if you just want to stare at some really really pretty people (laughs) solving really (laughs) dumb crimes and having surprisingly deep character development for how silly the show's premise is lucifer is it, it is for you. It is it is amazing. Uh, and there's one more season coming, and I cannot wait for it to drop. Um, speaking of suits, I mentioned suits. Uh, I have always loved lawyer shows, and this is one that I almost gave up on in the first season because at the so beginning, good, it focused on two kind of <laughs> crappy like, pretty-looking white dudes, uh, one of whom is only
7: pretending to be a lawyer. Ooh, drama. (laughs) I really wanted you to say he was only pretending to be white. Me too. More of a
6: 1960s premise, I guess.
5: (laughs) True, true. Uh, I'm really glad I stuck with it because it, definitely took those characters much further than I expected um, and it became pretty good at centering women and people of color and even occasionally taking it past mere diversity and into the realm of inclusion because those people, those characters actually have to deal with their race and gender in the world uh, and it's kind of amazing. It was and a, a- damn
6: shame that the Gina Torres off only lasted the one season because it was good. Yeah,
5: <laughs> but it's, it's just starting to air here so I've got like the first few episodes of it on the PVR um, because yeah, Gina Torres was my favorite part for a while and then she left the show and i was like no but at least she got a season of her own so i'm happy about that and uh last but certainly not least is uh the oldest of all of these like i said binging and catching up i haven't finished this yet but it is uh it is one that my spouse steven uh and dan uh and maybe jason all (laughs) told me to watch (laughs) and that is the sandbaggers uh which Uh, yes yeah it covers the the missions of an elite british intelligence covert operations unit it stars roy marsden as neil burnside uh who is in in charge of this unit and he's just uh an ever-suffering civil servant And if you like 1970s, very, very low budget television, where most of the action happens off screen and the show is just guys talking about the action in rooms. um, And if you like Dan's books, but you don't mind giving up spaceships, then you should totally 100% check out The Sandbaggers, which is on BritBox, um, because it is unbelievably good and the reason i haven't finished it yet is because i don't have that many more episodes left and i don't want it to be over i can't take it
6: i know I know.
5: yeah so that's been my year catching up on
3: stuff catching up on stuff that's fine mm-hmm. that's a perfectly reasonable catching up on stuff in 2019 <laughs> Ooh, i have a theme song thanks guys
0: erica was catching
3: up on stuff <laughs> it's okay erica you can catch up on stuff this is the next
4: 30 minutes of this <laughs> <Wow>. episode
3: <laughs> (laughs) the new stuff will still be there in 2020
0: you can catch up on that in 2021
4: (laughs) but not
7: suits because suits is done (laughs) you could start a rewatch visit with your friends again (laughs) hey make a podcast about it no one's done that before about suits i don't think they have
4: episode by episode who would think of that all right, don't make Stern. it too long you guys because oh, yeah. i want to oh, pick no. this
5: as my uh, as one of my moments for next year so keep oh, it short. Over
4: into a clip.
3: yeah your favorite <laughs> moment
7: was relegated to them no. I, I was just checking
3: to see if i could end this end this by
4: pressing the clip in <laughs>
2: button. that I didn't happen
4: like, you'll stop it sooner or later like all oh. great tv theme songs there's a short version and there's a long version jason if you could do those
7: kind of rhythmically we could work around that
1: oh uh, mm, david <laughs> what Ooh, were your wow. favorite things of 2019 <laughs> i i didn't see a lot of new movies this year but I did see Book Smart, which is very smart and very funny. And John Wick three, because I just like which is know. very wick. It's very wick. It's very, very John. Johnny. Totally three. Um, <laughs> how parabellum is it? <laughs> little bit parabellum. Who knew? But effective. <laughs> um, the the new little women is is a little bit meta and quite delightful. I do love meta fictional things. Uh, on Netflix, Dolomite Is My Name is kind of amazing. And I think I think my favorite movie of the year, which shouldn't surprise anyone, is Knives Out. I've had so many people tell me, oh, you need to go see that. It's your thing. It's your kind of thing. Oh, my God. Uh, hi, Listener Gary. And uh, you were right. TV, um, uh, Stumptown is my favorite new broadcast series. Uh, based on one of my favorite graphic novel series by Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth. Um, it's just delightful and it, it scratches the itch that the new Magnum PI does not. And the aforementioned travel man by Richard Iwade, of course, fleabag. How can I not like fleabag? It is just so well-written. If you like fleabag, you might also like this way up by Ashling B and Sharon Horgan. Uh, that's on Hulu. Um, And Russian Doll by Natasha Lyonne on Netflix. That one, if you like Groundhog Day and really, really twisty, intricate puzzle box kind of stories, that's your kind of thing. You can have your Mandalorian. I'm just happy that Star Trek Discovery took Christopher Pike and made him a character that I'd actually like. And not only that, but the the specific episode, If Memory Serves, where they go back to Talos Four. They even did the previously on as if it were classic Star Trek. It is just, just impressive. I, I still, I'm like, how did they do that? How did they pull it off for a change of pace? The, the very serious show, unbelievable on Netflix about a serial rapist and the women who women detectives who capture him or chase him, uh, Fosse Verdon from FX, which is, it's not perfect. It's very oddly structured, but the fifth episode is just a single linear story. It's amazing. It's beautifully done. It's, it's got perfect performances in it. It has fantastic performances. Yeah. Oh, my God. Michelle Williams is uncanny as Gwen Verdon. I mean, if you just watch it for her, it's worth the time. Um, but that fifth episode is Bob Fosse, Gwen Verdon, Pat Ichevsky, and a bunch of other people stuck in a summer house for a weekend. And it's just a beautiful play on film. It's it's lovely. Um, Then, uh, again, a slight change of pace. uh, Taskmaster Series 8 and Series 9 both ran this year. And I've gotten the boys hooked on Taskmaster now. Uh, Many episodes of which are on YouTube. Thank goodness. And also on YouTube, 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. This is two British game shows, panel shows, smashed together. And uh, if you like to play math games and anagram games and have lots of really weird British humor, this is the show. Um finally books. Um let's see. I reread all of Stumpdown just to get it back in my brain. Uh this is how you lose the time war, which we talked about a few episodes ago. Just a delightful novella. Uh Fleischmann is in trouble, a book about a man Struggling with uh, recently being divorced and trying to get back out on the dating scene, and no, it's not about our own flesh. Yeah, I was going to
3: I thought it was about a man struggling to complete a Kickstarter about uh,
1: about <laughs> movable type. It's it's about a man trying to meet. Someone related to someone. Oh, that's all right. over the that's country. That's what it is. That's the. Trouble, I thought it right? was
5: about a man suggesting a subject for a podcast and then not appearing on that <laughs> podcast.
0: That's why he's in trouble. I thought it was just an entire season of a dude looking at pictures of raccoons. It's called Slow Television. It's very popular these days. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Basically, uh, though,
3: that that show is this, it's based on a Swedish show where a guy also named Fleischman looks at pictures of raccoons, but they're Swedish raccoons. So he's looking at civets. Mm. Oh, interesting okay yes. it's
1: actually he knows a guy who knows the brother of a mailman who likes looking at civets well now it's a real incomparable clip show because we're trolling glenn yeah
4: <laughs>
2: that's right Hurrah, we
5: did
0: it guys <laughs> we loved glenn god i miss um, glenn right good stuff. yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen I think you've been played off
1: i i also really enjoyed the bird king by g willow wilson um i don't normally read horror but if you like horror, read the remaking by um, Clay Chapman. Um, really interesting book. Uh, there is something called The Bayern Agenda. It's pretty good. And a mystery novel. If you like Grandhog Day and Russian Doll and Knives Out, you will love The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. It's about someone who is in a, in a mansion, in a house party with several people and someone dies and the the main character wakes up, the day repeats, but he wakes up in a different body each time. Yes, it's like, and it's like to a, figure it out.
3: Uh, if you liked Clue, the board game, yes. you also would maybe like it. It's a, cause it's, it's a, it's a groundhog
6: day where you're all of the suspects. It's, it's wacky, but it's also really Ooh. bizarre and like, not quite metafictional, but like philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it, yeah. yeah,
5: Wait, say that name again. I'm taking notes. The Seven and a Half, the deaths. Seven and a half
6: deaths of Evelyn, Evelyn Hardcastle. Hardcastle. Yeah.
3: I read that because Scott McNulty said that it was good and he wasn't wrong. That's why I read it too. It's, I mean, is
1: it my favorite book of the year? No, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Really unusual book. Thank you for listening wow. to my TED talk. <laughs> All right.
3: Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> David's
1: done. Sorry, Catching somebody buzzed him with, with their voice
3: earlier and I went and I got the family feud sounds so I could do that. So <laughs> I, I, it's Jason with the soundboard. Watch out. Anything could happen. Ah. Oh, he's it's crazy, like the crazy the round. Uh, It's the, the crazy Jason. Speaking of which, uh, here is Steve Lutz. Hello. Hi, what, what, Jason.
0: Did you play any old video games this year? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Ah, the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's the time of year when I open up my best of incomparable file in Apple Notes and I discover two bullet points. <laughs> and they're from both January. from January and I don't remember either of <laughs> them. <laughs> both indecipherable. Um, but I did come up with a couple of things that I enjoyed this year. Uh, first of all, in video game land, um, I think we've probably already talked this to death on a previous best of episode. But uh, seeing as my Nintendo profile says that I spent 215 hours on it, <laughs> I thought it probably warranted a mention. That's that a I lot finished- of Mario Kart, Steve. And <laughs> I finished Breath of the Wild this year. That's a lot of Goose Game. Yeah,
7: you created a lot of me's, didn't you? <laughs> wait, wait, no. Now <laughs> I have to do one. Um, You'll get there. Um, uh, you, you sure like Pong. I was
5: going to go Tetris.
7: So, oh, that's
3: fair, <laughs> Erica. I think that means our team gets
0: all the points. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, you, you like my son? Have played hundreds of hours of Breath mm. of the Wild. I did. I have, and I finished it finally. And uh, it's a it's a masterpiece, obviously. Uh, though in the end, I was surprised by how little of the actual main storyline there was. Um, it seems like you could probably finish it in maybe a day if yeah. you just kind of blaze no, through. No, Julian and, and
3: finished it in a couple of days and then spent months doing everything you could possibly do in the game. Which, again, I, I don't know if that's the wrong balance or not, but it obviously worked for him because he just kept playing I still it and just finished and, the and main that was story. on the Wii U, and he just bought it again on the Switch so he can just do yeah. it again
0: your son is very much like my son in that he blasts through the main storyline and then he feels like he has to 100% it afterwards yep. and i mm. tend to dawdle a little bit and you know visit every little corner of the world and find weird little places mountains i can climb and crevices i can plumb uh it was uh, it was a lot of fun i really really enjoyed it and i highly recommend it to anybody even people that don't like video games that much because it's very enjoyable just to wander around uh, moving on to the world of TV, the Last Drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs ah, for all the horror, yeah, yeah, horror and B movies I've enjoyed over the years. Believe it or not, I had never actually seen a second of Joe Bob Briggs uh, in action. I know it's mm, sad. Wow. He's a bit of an odd duck, but he no, I, I had never, never seen his column wow. or seen his, any of his various, yes. wow. uh, basic cable TV shows. Obviously, I knew who he was. I'd heard of him. I knew what his, his deal was. Um, but then the flophouse Castle Freak episode happened. Yep. Uh, with Joe Bob Briggs as the guest. And I thought, you know what? I really ought to check this guy out because that was a very entertaining episode. They're all wrong about the Freak's motivations, by the way. But we can wait until our own Castle Freak episode before yes, we talk about exactly. that.
3: I, I do hear that he rips his own ding-dong off, but
0: that's Seeing just a as, rumor. Well, so I uh, I subscribed to Shudder and I binged the various marathons that he'd done previously. Uh, and then I started watching the series, I guess you can call it, um, which is basically just – horror movies being watched with the periodic break-in of Joe Bob Briggs to say things about them. Um, But the the whole point of the show is to kind of try to resurrect the shared TV viewing experience that barely exists anymore now that there's a million channels and streaming services. Uh, So they stream it at a specific time every week and people are encouraged to get together in chat rooms or on Twitter or wherever and discuss things as they happen. And uh, theoretically, they're monitoring these things and they discuss it. I, I don't know if it's live or not. They do a pretty good job of making it seem like they, they're reading live letters, but who knows. Um, but it's a lot of fun, um, although it does highlight some of the, uh, the, the the pitfalls of the streaming lifestyle in that I think of the 16 episodes he did, already five of them are unavailable for, uh, for streaming because they've lost the rights to them or Shudder has dropped the rights to them and several of the marathon episodes like the original marathon they did a year or so ago where they they actually broke shutter because too many people <laughs> tried to watch at the same time um i think there's like 3 episodes out of something like 12 or 14 or something that that still exists so that kind of sucks but uh but the best part is i got to enjoy some uh, some horror movies that i had somehow never seen that are really good bad Uh, Like Sleepaway Camp, which is magnificent, um, Blood Rage, and Deathgasm, which I very much enjoyed, uh, which is, I think, from New Zealand and uh, a solid sort of horror comedy. So uh, that's that. Um, Next up, going back to video games, sort of going back to video games, um, uh, Arcade 1-Up. These came out last year, and I kind of wanted one, but I couldn't justify the cost. And then a couple of months ago... uh, Sadly, we have started converting our playroom into a teen lounge. Oh. And, uh, oh. yes, and, th- and that major mm-hmm. milestone happens to coincide with some of these going on sale. Uh, Is it so I-
7: like Videopolis? <laughs> sort of.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that, except it should hopefully last more, more than a year or whatever. Videopolis <laughs> lasted. Um, so, anyway, I finally had the twin excuses I needed to buy one of these. But they're, they're three-quarter scale arcade cabinets... Uh, Again, the brand is Arcade One-Up, and they make a variety of them, but the one I got plays Final Fight, 1944, Ghosts and Goblins, and Strider. And all four of those are bangers. Um, But it's a a really, even though it's three-quarter scale, so it's quite small, it's this very well-made, really good-looking arcade cabinet with a perfect replica of the original artwork. Uh, It has real arcade joysticks and buttons. They're not the greatest quality in the world, but... There's a whole cabinet industry that's kind of sprung up around upgrading these things. So you can very cheaply get better ones if you like, or you can live with the ones that you got. And at 150 bucks, the cabinet, I think, is good enough quality just to be worth it for that alone. Um, Anyway, I was pretty certain after I bought it that I would have some buyer's remorse, but no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Happy ending. As an
0: arcade rat from back in the day, I love this thing so much. Um, you know, obviously I've been playing around with emulators for years, but there's just something about standing up while you play and banging away on those real buttons. It just changes everything. Um, so, you know, you can get the blacklight going, um, fire up <laughs> journeys, greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And it's like God. going back to the days when Aladdin's castle ruled the mall. Uh, it's just a wonderful nostalgia trip and probably in the next, I don't know, after I've worn out the four games on the thing, um, it's fairly easy to hook up a Raspberry Pi and, and attach every arcade game that's ever been existed to the thing. And so it'll be a fun project. Um, but yeah, after all of these years, I can finally live out my Edward Stratton Third fantasies from 1983. Uh, so now I just need a, a train I can ride around the house on. Oh, Silver Spoons. Got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that took me a second, too. <laughs> I saw that where I was
6: going. Come on. Everyone remembers
0: Ricky Schroeder. Mm-hmm. I remember Ricky Schroeder, but character names? Come on. Maybe I should have said yeah, Ricky too Stratton. Much. You'd have picked it up on it quicker. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, in the realm of music, uh, a 2018 album that I foolishly didn't get around to until this year, uh, The Fratelli's In Your Own Sweet Time. Their first album, Costello Music, is in my top three of the previous decade. Uh, And then they made some albums that weren't quite as good. Oh, oh, they finally made another good one? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For this, their fifth album, they did what I thought was impossible. And they made a record that is as good or possibly better than that one. Um, They matured a lot and they introduced kind of a surprising bit of funk to their sound. John Fratelli does a falsetto now that I think adds something. Uh, And uh, Starcrossed Losers is the best song I heard this year. And I recommend this album and that song to everybody, because this band is criminally underappreciated. So uh, that's about all I was interested in talking about from 2019. Next!
3: All right. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Mm -hmm. Boy, they they make a Centipede Millipede Missile Command Crystal Castles console, and uh, you may have cost me a lot of money, so thanks. They (laughs) certainly do. The
0: trackball is not very good, but again, you can very easily get a better one. Right.
3: I love that trackball. Uh, Those trackball games. Monty, uh,
7: Steve said next. I guess that's you. I could not put together a proper joke for this, but you know how you did that (laughs) uh, Family Feud buzzer noise? I expect that if I repeat anyone's thing, there will be the family feud doot-doot noise. Huh? The doot-doot. Uh, I don't uh, know if I have that one.
3: Maybe. <laughs> okay. What?
7: Uh, anyway, I doot skipped a lot of this year, pop-culturally speaking. Oh, I you were like going to say due to time travel. And
2: TV. <laughs> he spent and six months music.
7: dead for tax reasons. <laughs> no, but I spent nearly that much time watching Critical Role. Um, <laughs> ah, I, fair enough. I... Watched the 41 new episodes of their second campaign that have happened, uh, in 2019. And I should emphasize each of these episodes are about four or five hours long. Yeah. Also, I watched 81 episodes of their first campaign and I'm almost done with that. And a bunch of ancillary stuff they do. Like they have a one hour after show where they talk about their D and D game. And I usually watch that. So I done some math. I watched about 550 hours of Critical Role or Critical Role-related content in 2019 (sighs) because my girlfriend, Rias, also started getting into it. And she's watching Campaign 2. And when an episode I liked came along, I would watch it along with her. So I think, if I've done this math correctly, about 20% of my waking time during (laughs) 2019 was spent watching Critical Role. 23 days, 23 days. Wow. 24 hours yes so that's mostly what i did this year <laughs> okay. and i want to say i really really like critical I, role i was gonna I, say i hope so <laughs> it stinks they're actors so they role play really well and they're really good audiences for each other every episode i laugh a lot i probably cry that's not an exaggeration. I really do cry. It's really good. I really like it. I mean, there's a reason I'm pretty far down on the list this time. <laughs> no. Yeah,
3: it's amazing you were in as many episodes as you were, given uh, everyone's yeah, say. Is, what, yeah.
7: what was John Syracuse doing with all his time? <laughs> I could be on draft episodes because I didn't need to plan for those.
2: Well, sure. I didn't plan for
7: them. You don't uh, plan for draft episodes? Well, of course I do. But I did watch <laughs> some other things. For instance, the television show What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a TV version of the movie in which old-timey vampires live in Staten Island and completely fail to cope with the modern world. It's super fun. I really liked that TV show. I especially liked the episode where cameos of people who had played vampires showed up. So Tilda Swinton showed up as Tilda Swinton, but dressed as her only lovers left alive vampire and Wesley Snipes is in it. <laughs> yep. And Paul Rubens is in it. Cause he was in the, uh, Buffy movie. Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you. So, uh, I like that. Uh, Another TV show, it's kind of a TV show, it's on a streaming service, is a show called Um Actually, which is extremely dumb, and I will explain it now. It's on a streaming service you have not heard of called Dropout.tv, which is kind of the nerd-based offshoot of college humor. And the way this game show works is the host reads a statement which is wrong, and the contestants have to ring in and say, Um, actually, Endor is a forest moon, not a planet. Oh, I like it. It's Mm -hmm. so much fun because sometimes they get it right and you're impressed. And sometimes it's just people guessing what sounds wrong. Like, are you sure that's a Pokemon? That sounds ridiculous. And the answer is that is a Pokemon and it is ridiculous. Guess again. But it's a grass type, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it's a show called, um, actually, I really enjoy it. It's extremely silly. um, other TV shows I did find time to watch and enjoy very much. Uh, somebody already mentioned The Mandalorian. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man, I queued that and I still wasn't ready for it. Um, I have really liked The Imagineering Story because it is full of oh, cool yeah. behind-the-scenes footage of people making Disneyland. Ooh, and it yeah. turns out there's nothing I enjoy more than a big empty <laughs> warehouse with two people sitting in a ride car. Going around, <laughs> sort of a mock-up of a ride that's not built yet. Um, I really enjoyed Good Omens. I thought that was a surprisingly yeah. good adaptation, although it did not adapt the exact way I wanted it to. Yeah. That'll happen sometimes. Documentary Now had a season this year, and Documentary Now is great if you like documentaries. They had that co-op episode that was a parody of the documentary about the recording of
1: the cast album for Company, which is very specific. I mean, it's I I had it on my list and I forgot to mention it. Yeah, that and that episode in particular is just pitch perfect and dead on. Although it's not pitch perfect because a lot of times people are singing (laughs) off
7: pitch. That's true. <laughs> and the thing I was most surprised to find myself enjoying this year was The Righteous Gemstones, a show by Danny McBride, who I usually don't care for that much. But The Righteous Gemstones about a very rich televangelist family who are all idiots because it's a Danny <laughs> McBride show. I really enjoyed. I thought it was surprisingly nice to these bad stupid people, and it ended on a really nice note for all the dumb stuff that had happened. And that's the end of my stuff. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention how much it was just Critical Role Critical for Role, me? yeah. <laughs> that's
3: fine. That's good. I don't have a lot uh, very quickly through my list. I, I'll, I'll, I made, for the TV Talk Machine, I made a list of my top 10 shows of the year, and I'll mention, uh, I, I feel like four or five of them kind of really were the ones that were my favorites of the year. Um, Watchmen, uh, Counterpart, season two, the final season of Counterpart, uh, finished up this year. Chernobyl fantastic. We did an episode about it. Um, sex Education on Netflix. Um, if you read the description or looked at the title and thought this sounds like a very high concept uh, kind of thing, I will say, yes, it is high concept. And yet it is also the least high concept implementation of that concept. Uh, it's huge amounts of empathy for all the characters involved. Great performances, uh, especially Jillian Anderson, but the, uh, all the high school you know, student characters and it are all really well handled as well. It's just it's it's a really good show. Um if you were thinking of uh passing it by because of the title or the subject matter uh you might want to you might want to reconsider it's spectacularly good and uh what we do in the shadows uh was gonna is my number five but uh you know monty already got that one so <laughs> i'll just uh, that is a great very funny uh very very good show love it um and i'll also mention a show that although i haven't seen this year's batch of episodes uh i have spent most of the last three months catching up on uh, previous seasons which is uh letter kenny on hulu Uh, which I love. It is a weird, it actually reminds me of Seinfeld a little bit in the sense that it is uh, kind of a a form unto itself. It's got like a bunch of rules about kind of how it it works. The difference being that although these are foul-mouthed people who kind of do awful things, there's actually a huge amount of heart behind them all. Um, And Decency, which is kind of surprising, Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a bunch of hicks in uh, rural Ontario. And uh, most of the first, like, three seasons, it's just the summer all the time. And I thought, oh, Canada is great. It's always summer. And season four, (laughs) they're basically ice fishing the whole time. So they they paid that off eventually. Um, Loved it. Uh, And then Books, uh, Every Heart, A Doorway by Seanan McGuire. Uh, I discovered that series. And uh, it's great. And I mentioned it on a previous uh, podcast, a uh, book club. And uh, and Trail of Lightning, which we read for the Hugos, was probably my favorite sci-fi fantasy book of the year. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, except she's a Native American out in the middle of the desert after the apocalypse. And there's monsters and it's a whole thing. But it's great. Great book. Um, and then on the nonfiction side, I'll mention Becoming Superman by J. Michael Straczynski. Really harrowing and good memoir. Um Life and Afterlife of Harry Houdini uh, Dan mentioned it really fun book about not just Harry Houdini but about like why he lives on in as a concept
6: to this day, like not a day goes by where somebody mentions something about Houdini. Worth it if for another no reason than the David Copperfield section. Weirdly yeah. enough, yeah. yeah. Oh, Joe Kozdanski yes. ends up going to like David Copperfield's little <laughs> museum that he has in Las Vegas. It's that's that the mm-hmm. best moment where he finds like, hey, you want to hold an Oscar? And he's like, yeah, it's an Oscar. <laughs> and he's like, what? What Oscar is this? And they turn it around, it's like, oh I never looked. And it's Casablanca. Yeah, <laughs> <And> you're just <laughs> like,
2: why do you have this?
7: Yeah,
3: yeah, because he's rich. He likes collecting yeah, stuff. Uh-huh.
6: Yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs>
3: uh and I'll mention there's a book uh called the m v p machine that uh i think is a really that was my favorite baseball book of the year um about how um players and athletes are evaluated uh in and it's uh I, I like it because it's about way more than just sort of that first level of of sort of looking at statistics and and it's about kind of understanding how uh how to it's how the how the game is viewed now which is there's a lot of biometrics and a lot of like measuring high speed cameras and things like that that's like this whole other level of uh how uh how players are evaluated and trained It was a very interesting book so that's my list um that ends the favorites section of uh of this for the stuff that we inhaled into our brains this year but uh, we're going to go back around new things one more thing new things uh one more time catching up on new things old things can be new things if you haven't seen them yet
7: now here's the stuff we hated
3: (laughs) (laughs) so let's go back around one more time uh, and just, and I'll, uh, maybe I'll throw in some clips as we go to things, uh, like that we did here. I mean, Monty might just pick things that happened in critical role. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but things that, things that we, that we did, uh, on podcasts and stuff are things that we liked on, uh, on our, on our, uh, incomparable
4: family this year.
3: Um, and we'll start with Moises.
4: Jason, I've got a lot. Uh, uh, but, uh, this was the year of, I think the greatest titles, uh, in an almost decade of great titles, uh, where some of them, uh, created weird, uh, links to each other. Like what if Romeo and Juliet were terminators crazy with the lizard juice, save it for the sequel. I particularly enjoyed everyone's fascination with the uh, incredibly uh, wrong, but, you know, it was 85 years ago, a uh, uh, song Petting in the Park from Gold Diggers in 1933, <laughs> an episode of 444. Petting in the park, petting in the park. Petting in the park, oh, bad, bad boy. boy, petting in the park, bad girl. Bad girl. And oh. it goes from there and it just keeps going. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the game show feed. Uh, I, I yes. ended up on, on a string of like four game shows um, in almost in a row or completely in a row. Um, I was on Federation feud one and Federation two, which I think retroactively should be named the wrath of Liz. Um, oh boy. <laughs> because, uh, because it sure did come out. Uh, there, there, there were some, Wonderful things that came from both of those. Um, uh, Antony hosted another round of UK trivia that featured a bizarre amount of focus in the questions on toplessness um, <laughs> and bananas um, for some reason. <laughs> uh, it, it, that that UK trivia was also the the source of the creation, which I think I can credit to Kathy Campbell of Ghost Points uh for uh for you know credit that you should get for questions that you know but aren't your questions to answer <laughs> um on game show 114 i i two thirds lizzed an answer uh which isn't the way to actually get it right nope um, two-thirds credit it does not get you credit uh, all the way. Nope. There you go. Uh, but that, that was that was another particularly great random pursuit. I I love the game show feed. Let's see. Okay. So a few of the the main show episodes that I wasn't on that I particularly liked. Uh, I wrote a letter to myself, the episode about paper girls, uh, Futter Whack, and Hats, which I'm thrilled to have not been on, about the Tim burton in Warner movie. Here. Here. Um, and Boom. Oh,
6: <laughs> man.
4: Look, Monty, I, I've had it with s- these whacking hats, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh specifically Booberry episode 479, mm-hmm. the uh the cartoon and and breakfast cereal draft <laughs> uh was was <laughs> anarchic and hilarious. It's my best idea ever. It really is. What was, really, well, was your best idea until the sequel draft? And now, and now, you know, you've got to go back to the core concept of the serial and cartoon draft. And well, you and need a sequel to again. the
1: serial and cartoon draft.
4: <laughs> there you go. Then the summer of Spider-Man, which kind of extended out to the. the it was the summer of Spider-Man, and also also the assorted October. regional holiday, the assorted regional <laughs> holidays <laughs> yeah. of Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Day observed, where uh-huh. you know we got. You know, we covered Spider-Man 1, uh, the Sam Raimi movie, otherwise known as World Unity Day. Uh, Spider-Man 2, better known as Count the Coats. Count the Coats. He's um, wearing a lot sp- of
3: coats there, people. Doctor
4: Spider-Man Arc. 3, better known as Lucky Crime Shirt, um, which sums up that movie so well. <laughs> uh, we, we recovered Amazing Spider-Man 1, along with Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, with what I think really is one of the best and comparable titles of all time, Crazy with the Lizard Juice. Um, and we covered Far From Home, and we covered the Spider-Verse comics and There's a lot of Spider-Man thinks- and this was the year of Spider-Man as it turns out it wasn't
3: my really real intent but it was it became the year of Spider-Man We haven't done the 60s TV show yet I'm still waiting to
7: get a chance to talk about that electric company Spider-Man that I like so go. much Oh yeah Hey, you guys tune in next week when Spider-Man says (laughs) nobody knows who you are
4: (laughs) mentioning the members of first class feed. uh, You know, I I feel I feel I feel a little bit of an impulse to shill uh, because there's some great stuff in there. Uh, Going back to early in 2019, there's this random assemblage of I'm Batman uh, audio of people just talking in batman voice indeed and this was ai uh, I'll, I'll play a clip here from
3: a listener who picked Ooh. this moment from that hey. uh, members only episode as uh, as one of the highlights
2: baby shark do 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 baby shark do do baby shark do, 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 do. baby shark, do, 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 do. Baby shark. That's it.
4: That's the whole
2: thing. <laughs> that's
1: that's going Love to live it. in she, my did song, she did the whole she song though. That's catchy. She did the whole song yeah, she, as Batman. She she did all of
4: the lyrics, the dedication to that. I don't know
1: that Chip I, doing I Hamilton have, as Batman
3: also pretty good. Pretty good in there It was pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in there and we we just that was a dumb idea and we just put it somewhere where nobody could hear it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not nobody.
8: Our our <laughs> members are yeah, to hear that stuff, man. <laughs> for the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
3: it, Moises? Uh, as far as I know. <laughs> Isn't that how? Is all? all right, well, we'll see. We, we never really know Wait for until sure. next year. Dan, any uh, favorite moments? Yeah,
6: some stuff happened in 2019, I guess. Uh, it's Again, a lot of it was a blur. Um, I do vaguely remember watching all the Fast and Furious movies, although I would argue perhaps they're just one really long movie. I'm unclear on that, even now. Um, yeah, Lex and I watched all of those and recorded commentaries for all of them, and I can't decide which of us is happier to be done with it by this point <laughs> um <laughs> i also got to be on uh, there's some new shows this year it's always fun when we had new shows um pants new shows the, pants in the boot glenn 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 fleischman, glenn. Glenn fleischman. he's uh, in trouble Actually put together a show, we're all very impressed, yeah. uh, and it's a lot of fun uh, talking about the differences between uh, American English, British English, uh, Australian English, all that good stuff. Uh, Did he really, show up for the show that he put together? At least some of them. Mm. That
0: seems wrong. Are you sure it's the Glenn that we know?
6: It uh, could have been the alternate time travel Glenn from the future. I, I don't it know. It probably is that alternate time travel Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> um, the TV on TV, uh, I um, started the Mandalorian podcast and got to kick it off with talking to John Syracuse on TV Net 591, which was a lot of fun. And I've had a lot of great guests on that. Uh, it's been really fun covering that. I also posted uh, as TV589 was an episode where we talk about the first five episodes of the TV show Gargoyles to celebrate the 25th anniversary, except that episode was recorded a year and a half earlier, and I'm just (laughs) very, very slow in actually (laughs) publishing it. Uh, But it got out, Total Party Kill, uh, a couple top moments there. First of all, we managed to continue uh, the uh, Save-Off Manor in Shocktober Uh, and Steve didn't drink any more poison, I don't think,
0: Mm. uh, despite best efforts. (laughs) Well, my character didn't.
6: didn't. Yeah, okay, well, um and so the uh yeah tpk 207 through 211 uh the second part of our second series of shocktober i don't know how long we can keep that up uh <laughs> probably probably best if it doesn't go too long tpk 181 the end of the second season of dog and pony show which included of course uh the famous appearance of octavore uh as well as oh, yes. previous let's, let's listen oh, to have, a clip do you have a clip, have a clip Jason? I'm going to tell you that that is a potion. You're going to love this because there's only one way this could get better. That's a potion of flying.
8: Is anyone opposed to a flying octopus?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) Speak now. Title
6: title suggestion.
8: (laughs) Octobor is going to go ahead and drink down that potion of
6: flyers. <laughs> yes! All right. You are now... Dungeons and you- Dragons. It's a game
8: with the flying <laughs> octopus.
6: <laughs> Not included in all versions of Dungeons and Dragons. Some batteries may be required. Only in special uh, edition. Ask your parents. You see, all see from behind the treasure pile as like, uh, as though a like, like a Zeppelin rises <laughs> from behind it. This is an octopus just floats in the air, tentacles
8: dangling. Octavore is going to fly over. Uh, Just hover to where- above the dragon. That'll creep him out. An octopus okay.
6: flings a wand. <laughs> and Spurius puts <laughs> up his
8: hand Huffering and catches octopus. it. Op- us. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's all
6: I can do. You've done enough. <gasps>
8: it was a lot. Thank you, Magic Octopus!
6: <laughs> Every year on Christmas night, the flying octopus comes <laughs> to <laughs> drop
8: <laughs> off a wand. Imra embellum, <laughs> you guys are seeing this too, right?
7: <laughs>
0: uh, wow. I guess uh, we can be glad he didn't uh, levitate himself with a stream of urine from his summer so
6: bladder. <laughs> yeah, that's that the, pre- the previous mm-hmm. episode, which involved a lot of time of do- discussing how dogs climb ladders. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, on, uh, we also started uh, uh, Biff... This year as a spin-off of the Speedy Arrowcast and two of the best episodes that we did for that episode 15 growing up super in which we discussed how we basically you know started out reading comic books and you know talking about our history with superhero and comic books and all that stuff that was a lot of fun and then in episode 16 we talked about the classic Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve which was a really fantastic discussion and a great chance to revisit that movie um, over on the main show. We got to cover a lot of my favorite topics this year. Episode 442, we talked about Cowboy Bebop, finally. Uh, way back at the beginning of the year. Um, episode 448, a Bank the Size of a Planet. I got to discuss with Jason um, my book, The Baron Agenda, and answer a bunch of questions from listeners, which is a lot of fun. Um, episode uh, 449, Source Code, another great movie that I feel like was really underweighted. It was a lot of fun to talk about that. Uh, and sort of dissect the the strangeness that is that movie uh personal favorite possibly of the entire year episode 453 turn left at the asteroid in which yes. we discussed yep. Yep. a a fantastic movie that does not exist does not exist <laughs> and we out. went off the map jason we did we Wait went beyond minute. the map the, beyond you don't know the map. what's beyond the map uh and then we got to cover two of my favorite movies in episode 482 we covered sneakers finally uh, which was a, uh, a great conversation with lots of uh, John Syracuse talking about the physics of reflecting computer screens and sunglasses. Uh-huh. It was very strange. Um, and in episode 489, we discussed Lawrence of Arabia, uh, in which we all get to hear Phil Michael say, he likes your lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> <Limited>. <laughs> a very um, authentic line reading
4: to what was in the movie <laughs> uh.
6: well phil is known for his uh verisimilitude um and finally a classic moment from recent weeks uh which i believe jason posted uh for for incomparable members the bootleg to a bootleg of the pre-show from a total party kill episode where one of our players was late uh and micah took over the reins as the dungeon master when tony uh, had a connection problem and squirrels were involved somehow yes.
5: with headbands <laughs> magic with headbands. Squirrels. Yeah.
6: uh mm. yeah so i think that's it uh i got to play a few game shows and host a few game shows but uh another thing that sort of fell uh, by the wayside this year which i'm hoping to uh 2020 will uh will do a little bit better with
3: all right it's a running theme for you dan better in 2020
6: Better in 2020. What couldn't be better in what 2020, be? frankly?
4: Oh, maybe we could get two Dan Morin book episodes. Ooh.
6: That'd be better. Ooh. Yeah, that would be better.
5: <laughs> Erica? <laughs> uh i also want to be better in 2020 i I've, I've slipped to, to third place here and uh, as i was looking at uh, the previous years episodes i realized that yeah my first episode of 2019 wasn't until february 23rd what? it was almost yeah wow. so so th- that's why i'm sitting down here at number 3 um but that that episode was a fun one it was a uh, episode 447 look at potatoes differently which was the doctor <laughs> who monster draft
4: uh, yes uh, where, where i drafted <laughs> the doctor who showrunners Yes. Yes.
5: <laughs> Which was delightful. Oh, it was so fun. Uh, and another wacky thing that we did that was already mentioned was episode four seventy nine specifically. Boo Berry. I really enjoyed talking about Saturday morning cartoons and cereal. So that was a good time. Um, I also loved that we covered a couple of really great and kind of unfairly overlooked sci-fi movies. Uh, so yeah, episode 449, Onion of a Movie, Source Code, which I really, really liked. And episode 485, Iterative Movies Are My Jam, where we talked about Edge of Tomorrow, which was also a rare instance of something I said becoming the title. Yeah. Yep. Extra special for me. Uh, and in a similar vein, we also covered season three of Travelers, which was episode 452, Parties for Time Travelers. Uh, I just adored the ending of that show and it was really fun to talk about it and having already talked about the previous two seasons with you guys, which was, uh, it was great. Um, yeah, as I said in the earlier section, pretty much all of my reading this year was for the incomparable. Um, which was good cuz most of it was 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 good stuff. Uh so episode 461 was Team Jerkface where we talked about the Nebula novels. That was great. Um and episode 472 was the 33% rule, me again, uh with uh <laughs> talking about the Hugo novels and I I still stick to my 33% rule. If I get 33% in and it's not good, I'm done. Um uh, and then episode 488, which we just did. What if Romeo and Juliet were Terminators? Uh, this is how you lose the time war. Uh, I am I am all in on the novella Renaissance. I think it's fantastic. So I want to talk about more of those. And yeah, as mentioned, one of the weirdest things we did this year was the rocket surgery film festival. And yeah, episode 453 turn left at the asteroid was uh was something I had mm. never done anything remotely um, improv-ish before, so I was actually really nervous <laughs> about doing that. But it ended up being very, very fun because uh, because I was able to remember some things that happened early and bring them back later, and it just it, it worked very nicely. And I listened back to it not that long ago, and I was really impressed and would totally have believed that that was a movie because uh, because I know the kind of crap that we watch for rocketry. <laughs> yeah,
4: yep, such mm-hmm. delicious garbage.
5: Yep. Uh, I am going to mention another two things that Dan has already mentioned uh, because yes two movies that I love with lots of my heart episode 482 A Problematic Hen where we talked about sneakers and for episode 489 He Likes Your Lemonade Lawrence of Arabia my favorite tied for my favorite movie of all time <laughs> now we have covered both of my favorite movies Yay. on The Incomparable Lawrence of Arabia and Labyrinth both checked off uh-huh. so I feel like 2019 I accomplished something something important Uh, uh, and the game show feed I love I just love listening to it that is when I need to relax and just giggle that's that's where I go is the game show feed. Uh, I I also got to play UK trivia a couple of times in 2019. I think uh, the one that sticks in my memory most is uh, episode 104. There are no letters in our bingo, where I discovered <laughs> there are no letters in their bingo. Yeah, so in the weird. UK. And it just, it blew my mind. It was very
0: shocking. You Man. can't figure it out with just numbers. You gotta have the letters. <laughs> right? They don't even just... have columns. Have you seen their weird bingo cards? <laughs> it's psychedelic Steve, i don't know that
4: i've heard you so mad about anything oh,
0: i mean <laughs> man, it's wrong it just it's really wrong burns my
4: britches
3: <laughs> it doesn't means well, something else in the uk but that we'll have to go to pants in the boot for that <laughs>
7: those britches mm-hmm. were burned already it's true
3: <laughs> they, were, they were uh
5: i did three episodes of random pursuits this year uh i really like running that show because i adore trivia but i don't know a lot of it so it's really fun to be the host <laughs> and make other people try to answer things um I think two of the episodes of Random Pursuit this year had some of my favorite titles of all time. Uh, episode one hundred and eight was "I Hate People and Places," mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. episode one fourteen was "I Believe in the Juicy Rooster." Mm-hmm. So, like, just right. Speaking yeah. of bird
4: britches, come on down to Monty's Juicy Rooster. <laughs> yep,
3: yep. It was, it was a delight. Um, and I'm, I'm the one like, who hates people and places. By the way, that was mine. So, you do. I'm proud.
5: Story sure checks out. Yep. By mm. the worst. <laughs> Both of them. Uh, Lazy Doctor Who has continued to be lovely this year. We uh, we started out early with uh, The Dominators Episode 2, which is a Doctor Who episode from August of 1968. It was the first story of Season 6. And then we went all the way up to Terra the Autons Episode 4, which is from 1971, which is the first story of Season 8. So, like, two seasons of Doctor Who in one year at this rate, it will only take us another, what, like... 20 years to get there <laughs> i think we're gonna go faster this next year though and the twenty twenty. by then yes. the
0: reflections from space of the episodes that have been destroyed will be on their way back <laughs> no, you'll that's be able to true. Them.
5: when we'll have all those missing episodes back it'll be mm-hmm. great um also uh big huge thanks to listener sam from texas who created a lazy doctor who spreadsheet where you can go and you can look at all of the the Doctor Lazy Doctor Who episodes and how much of Doctor Who we covered, how many Doctor Who episodes. He also has a column, this is my favorite part, a column for how many days in between Lazy Doctor Who episodes. So you can scan through and you can see how long it's been in between. So like, you know, you get to like 45 or something and you go, oh God, then I start feeling guilty. Um,
7: Your laziness (laughs) is
0: scientifically tracked. I love that. (laughs) It is. It is wonderful. Just how lazy is Lazy Doctor Who? We looked into it. (laughs) Pretty darn lazy, as it turns out.
5: Uh, I also really liked Pants in the Boot. I agree that that's fun. I got to do uh, about five episodes of that, which
4: was that, that delightful. That cursing episode was fantastic.
5: Oh, that was that was
4: really fun to
5: listen to. Um, Recently Read is, continues to be fun. I did that five times this year. So uh, I'm hoping to read more next year and then talk about it more. And, uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about Total Party Kill except that it just continues to be one of my favorite things in the world, both to play and to listen. Uh, I have started listening to just, just as they, not the bootlegs, but as they have been coming out, the UK, uh, TPK group, uh, the Adventurers Pyramid. And I'm really, really enjoying it because there's a bunch of people who hadn't played before and it's fun to hear friends, uh, experience. Dungeons & Dragons for the first time and learn how fun it can be. I'll put in a
3: word for the uh, the Total Party Kill Twitter feed, TP TPKill. Um, I've, I've got a few clips that I'll play from Total Party Kill <laughs> later on, but Erica, while she's editing, will post little video clips of funny things. I have a folder that's got like 120... 120- weird little <laughs> yeah. bits from Total Party Kill. And so if you follow the Twitter account, you will just get these delightful bursts of of wacky outtake. Some of them are in the episodes. Some get edited out uh, from things as Erica's editing them. And I, I didn't include any of those in this episode, but you should follow the account. They're all on there and they're hilarious.
0: It's bonus content you don't even have to pay
5: for. Yeah, It's true. Yeah, they're all hashtagged uh, no context TPK. Yep. So if you search that hashtag, you will find all of them. Um, yeah, when I'm edit, there's a lot of editing that goes into TVK, uh-huh. A lot. And I need to amuse myself as I am doing that. So that's, that's how I do that. Uh, and I do want to give just a quick special shout out to the, uh, episode 219, Murder Sesame Street, which is uh. one of the greatest titles of, <laughs> of any TVK episode. But there's a moment in there where Where Tony is trying to talk like a goblin and he can't quite get the accent right and he goes in and out of British and New Jersey and New York and ends up just saying, I'm goblin here and
2: I just about fell over.
5: It was, it was, it was so amazing. Yeah. Who, the people around me on the street probably thought I was absolutely <laughs> off my gourd because I just busted out laughing on my walk home. So, uh, I actually reminded them li- and you said, Hey, I'm gone." <laughs> <coming laughs>
2: yeah.
5: And when I got home, I rewound it to listen to it again because it was just that good. So yeah. Love me some TPK. And that is, that is my list of stuff from this year. It was, it was overall uh, a very good year, but still hashtag better in
3: 2020. All
1: right, Solid. David? Well, I you know, I've got a couple of reruns here. I mean, I loved doing the Rocket Surgery Film Festival. All three of those are delightful. I think my favorite line in any of those three episodes though was Phil almost selling how realistic it was. Like you you would almost believe we were making this yeah, up. Yeah, in or, fact, or I have a clip of Phil <gasps> explaining I some of the some
3: of the um the political implications of Star Raiders. It includes a little bit that I actually edited out of the episode because I was afraid it tipped our hand a little too much to it being fake. Mm -hmm. But uh, here's the clip.
1: I think every movie is a reflection of its times, even a a bad movie like this. And um, very clearly, there are thinly veiled references that the Xylons are basically the Carter administration.
2: And... (laughs)
1: In between the you have to you can only refuel your jet on alternate days and where Claude Akins is always talking about malaise and, and really and the fact that this movie came out you know three years after the Carter administration and it really feels like spiking the football um, we're lucky they didn't have the
7: leader of the Zalons be named Big New Brzezinski yes uh, yep. Big New Brzezinski joke makes it <laughs> into the <laughs> <back> it <up. laughs> finally (laughs) another
1: chance for somebody to like it (laughs) and uh let's see i i enjoy the episode fudderwhackin hats just Hmm. for the phrase fudderwhackin hats um i i i was so happy to get to do batman 66 because why would anyone do a podcast on batman 66 but of course we would of course Uh, (laughs) um one of my one of my favorite moments was early on this year we did the uh, what was, episode four forty one, the the book to series uh, predictions, right, and saying so, you know oh, one of the books I'd love to do is Michael Chabon, but it's not Cavalier and Clay because they're never going to figure that one out. And they've just announced that he's going to executive produce that. Turns out the easiest thing
3: possible to do is just predict things that are going to be made into TV shows because they are all going to be made into TV shows. Yeah, all of them. Eventually, yeah. All, all of thing.
6: them. You guessed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. My books.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Dan,
6: Dan. Dan, do you want another take where it doesn't sound desperate?
4: <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> nope, i am very clear about how i've been trying to sell out for years uh i loved uh, episode 479 specifically Booberry. specifically chip explaining his pick by saying specifically i believe i have a clip <laughs> what? what what i'm forced to retringe and seek comfort
6: among the monster cereals
2: Okay. Yeah, oh. it comes always back fruit. to the
6: monster cereals, doesn't it? <laughs> Specifically, Boo Berry because I am always for the underdog, oh. Oh. and wow. Frank and oh. and Count Chocula were all over the commercials. Yes. Poor Boo Berry True. over there yeah. in the corner, always neglected, always ignored. I'm there for you, Boo.
3: Also, ghosts are great. <laughs> Indeed. I, you know, Chip. I think saying the phrase specifically booberry is literally the most ridiculous thing in 400 almost 500 episodes of the Incomparable. so thank you that for that. That
7: says something.
3: Wow. So Chip has made his choice. It's a monster cereal, specifically booberry. And I kick get enough of that. I stand by that statement. As he should.
4: The thing I love most about it is the beginning of Chip's delivery, he sounds like a Civil War soldier in a Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> I, I find respite and... In and, the monster so serials. On, Among the monster
6: cereals. And I'm like, that's just... That is too much art. My dearest Shannon, we may never meet again. I <laughs> shall yet... see you on the other
3: side among the monster cereals.
0: My only solace. Is my dear companion oh. Booberry? <laughs> Our lack of pins and salt, Peter, brings my mind back to Booberry. Specifically, Booberry.
1: Yours with love. Brute, brute.
0: I'm not sure how anybody could like Frankenberry or Count Chocula over Boo Berry. Boo Berry was by right? far the tastiest of the three monster cereals.
7: Because vampires are cooler than ghosts and chocolate is cooler than berries.
0: <laughs> yep. But Boo Berry is a better flavor than whatever the hell well, Frankenberry was. I, I enjoyed
3: that moment there, that the, the, <laughs> an underappreciated moment where Truge just uh, seconds Chip by saying, also... Ghosts are cool.
0: Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> so so blueberry is uh, obviously a, a blueberry is obviously a pun on blueberry. Count Chocula obviously cho- choc. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> What is Frankenberry supposed to taste like? It's hot dog flavored. Fra-
2: <laughs> frankenberry oh, Frank- Frank is <laughs> the name of berries. the doctor.
7: Well, well, my friend, it, it tastes like rotting flesh. That thing, <laughs> nobody knows.
0: Nobody has ever tasted Frankenberry. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Former Sorry. Senator Al Franken. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, must be. Can, can you tell I regret not being on the cereal track? <laughs> <drink>? oh, <laughs> <are> we- <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I didn't want to sound bitter. <laughs> bitter like Frankenberry. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Oh, who, me? Yeah, you. (laughs) Oh, it's my turn. Hooray. Uh, I wasn't on a ton of episodes this year, so there won't be that many things that I can talk about, which is great because I was listening to some old clip shows recently, and there's one episode where it's like 45 freaking minutes of me yammering on about things. So thank God the listeners do all the hard work (laughs) of picking out clips now. That's right. So I don't have to shout at myself five years later when I listen to this clip show. Uh, So let's start with episode 444, Why People Don't Like Musicals. That was our old movie club on A Hard Day's Night and Gold Diggers of 1933. Mm -hmm. Um, It was fun talking about Hard Day's Night, which, of course, is an old favorite. But um, at, at the time, my verdict on Gold Diggers of 1933 was that I wasn't sure what I thought. Because it was so dang weird. Yeah. And foreign country to me. Uh, but while re listening to the episode a week or so ago, I realized I kind of really wanted to watch it again. <laughs> it's the best
7: of the Gold Diggers movies, <laughs> which well, there are more of than you think. <laughs> and, 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 and
4: by best, the degree to which it is the best, uh, it, the distance between it and the next best is a very long uh. distance.
7: I love those nonsensical early musicals where they don't know what they're doing. to they just shove vaudeville guys <laughs> yep. in. I'm, yep. I know I said that several times during that episode, <laughs> but I really do.
0: I wanted to spend more time with Fuffy and Jay What's-His-Name. And uh, <laughs> Yep. I wanted to watch more right. weird, weird pre-code musicals to boot. So I, I want to queue up 42nd Street and footlight parade and uh so i guess in the end i enjoyed it quite a bit
7: footlight parade's good
3: now steve you you just mentioned an episode and you mentioned its title and i want to let you uh in on something that happens behind the scenes here at the incomparable which is at this point you're so much inside my head that every time i'm choosing the title for an episode i'm thinking how will this sound if steve mentions it in the clip show at the end of the (laughs) year (laughs) no pressure I feel all the pressure, all of it. You feel that way about
7: every episode?
3: Yeah, basically when I'm picking right. the title, I think, what will this sound like when Steve mentions it in the uh, year-end episode? Uh, well, it seems
0: like a good time then to jump to an episode that was named after something I said where I sounded like a complete moron, which is 484 <laughs> werewolfism. Yeah.
3: Okay, that one I was just making fun of you. That's absolutely
0: true. <laughs> uh yeah it took nine years but we finally got around to watching ginger snaps the movie i recommended 475 episodes (laughs) previous Uh uh-huh episode nine
3: you said we should watch ginger snaps i said that's a good idea episode 484 we did it
0: what that's right anyway uh we watched ginger snaps we did I was happy to be vindicated in my belief that people would enjoy Ginger Snaps despite being anti-horror in general. So that episode was a lot of fun. Uh, on a similar note, but in reverse, we have episode 477, Klimt versus Monet, which is our Buffy season four episode, in which I was very happy to finally get around to seeing Hush after two decades of hearing everybody else rave about it. Mm. Our Buffy discussions are always a lot of fun and uh, and. There was a lot to talk about in that episode, and it was fun to be uh, on an episode with a couple of people that I have not been on uh, episodes with a lot. Um, So yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, It's already been mentioned a couple of times, but uh, episode 453, Turn Left at the Asteroid. Um, Of course, that's this year's stop on our extended tour of the complete filmography of John Carradine's (laughs) Assorted Parts. Mm Uh, only this one was actually completely fake instead of just sounding completely fake like they usually do. <laughs> yeah. The Wizard of um, Mars, people. The Wizard of yeah, Mars. Horrors of the it Red It was Planet. more
1: plausible than most of his movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, this. Uh, th- I got to say, this sounded like a really bad idea at the time. And it was, but somehow the final product actually turned out pretty good. I did have us record
3: these episodes early enough that if they failed, we just didn't have to release them. So, right. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah,
3: I'm happy how all all three of those episodes turned out because that was that was a little bit of our uh, us uh, pushing ourselves. But the premise was, like Steve, you said, uh, people didn't believe that the real movies r- are, are real, so it mm-hmm. was not much of a leap to just make up the movie because. The, the
0: movies that we watch for real are impossible. So, yeah. Well, and the thing that made this work for me was that we're always sort of like aghast and struggling to, to believe what we're talking about <laughs> when we watch something like uh, Frankenstein versus the Space Monster. So it's not that hard. It's not that big of a leap right. to go from something like that to... You know, uh, talking about a fruit cart on a Starbucks. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's a, no, it's a format we were
0: we were comfortable with the format, and I remember Erica uh,
3: said several things in that episode that it's just things she says in rocket surgery episodes, <laughs>
0: except <laughs> yep, yep. this was not real. But yeah, it was it was we all were hitting the format, and it yep. worked. And, and, and it the, helps a the, lot when you are al- always kind of sound like you don't know what the hell you're talking about, like I do. Boy,
3: everybody was google searching these
0: movies though thank you yeah. well and somehow at the time i had never heard of the existence of space raiders from 1983 which is an equally bad sci-fi movie from the time period And yeah. I, I think that kind of added on mm-hmm. to the uh to the to the authenticity of it
1: and i mean i i didn't worry about it at all because we're already so loose at making fun of these movies that i knew whatever details we might make up on the spot someone would pick up on it and it would be fine it would all connect somehow
0: So uh, jumping to Total Party Kill, I wanted to highlight uh, an episode I wasn't on that I actually listened to. I must have (gasps) been drunk or something. Uh, Episode 182, A Million Nerds Skanking. (laughs) I'm calling it the extremely sudden rise and literal fall of Gronk DeHunta. This is one of those Dungeon Crawl Classics episodes uh, in which... Monty's character Throg is attempting to lower himself into a pit with a grappling hook.
8: I assume you're going to kind of secure the uh, the grappling yep. hook.
7: <laughs> no, no, I jump and then while I'm in the air, I kind of fling it back towards the thing. Superfluous, <laughs> <Okay. Okay. laughs>
8: unnecessary. Um,
7: so, uh, Throg, I'm going to say that's an agility check. Ooh. I rolled a one, but I get a plus one on it. Throg, you fall to your death. <laughs> oh. Remember me as a gatherer.
8: <laughs> Throg, oh I'm sorry. That that seems harsh, but you literally rolled a one, and I, you know, if you had not jumped before you had thrown it, I feel like that would have that would have helped. So as as right. we take a moment to remember Throg, somebody brave with a tear in their eye steps forth from the tribe
7: to join the group. Throg was my brother. I am Gronk, Gronk the Hunter. I am significantly stupider than my brother Throg. <laughs> oh dear! Oh. But I am a hunter. I have a backpack and I have a spear. I feel like Throg would want you to, nope. to yes. succeed where he failed. No yes. problem. Yes. Ooh. Well, I have a plus two, which makes that a three. What oh.
0: <laughs> <For> the brothers? <laughs> i'm crying a little monty i don't know if you actually rolled a one at that moment
7: i'm certain i did
0: secret is safe with me if you just decided that rolling a one was exactly the right move because it was one of the funniest things i'd heard in a long time yep um also in tpk just wanted to throw out a shout out to uh uh the second half of the second half of shocktober um Really great stuff. It was very fun again this year with the whole Scoopy-Doo thing, and uh, I recommend people check it out. And like Erica, I also have been surprisingly smitten with TPK UK, um, the Adventurer's Pyramid as they call it, Um, because it is really delightful to hear level one characters, which I don't think I've ever played a level one character in all of my years, um, but also... Players who haven't played D anD D before, the the enjoyment they're having is uh, is is tangible. So it's a lot of fun, and and uh, I think Sunless Citadel is a good adventure for that because it's a good sort of starter thing, and it, it all works together. It's it's I find it enchanting. I will say nice. that. Nice. Here, here. Uh, a couple of qu- quick mentions for the game show feed. Um, again, episode 108, I hate people in places. Mm. Again, this was our Galley Trivia 2 non-Galley edition episode. (laughs) And really the only reason I mentioned it is because I really enjoy the somewhat unhinged giggling with which Jason greets the question, Which (laughs) sitcom did Mr. Peepers replace?
2: (laughs)
5: Steven, which sitcom did Mr. Peepers replace? Which sitcom did... (laughs) Mr. Peepers <laughs> replaced <laughs>
3: Wow. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> question ever.
0: It's the weirdest laughter ever. Okay. It really do, it, do you remember it's... the answer? I don't. Nope. Uh Doc 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 Corkle, I believe. <laughs> yes, right actually. Yeah. And I'm glad I re-listened to that episode because I had forgotten that Jason suggested that uh sitcoms mm-hmm. that lasted like a week would make good low-definition categories. So, got to remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, uh, low-definition. In last year's clip show, I mentioned that we only did three low-definition episodes and announced that that was ridiculous. So, this year we did two. Yep. (laughs) Both very good episodes. Mm. Uh, It takes a long time to make episodes of that quality. It does. I mean they have to be artisanally crafted and, and all of that. Uh and uh, I think two of our naughtiest episodes too. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> why that is. Um especially episode uh L- L- low definition 19. I don't remember which episode it is, but uh apparently if you want a really filthy episode of something, you make it uh like 90% women and it gets really really gross. Anyway, um <laughs> In that episode is our underrated joke of the year, um, which is this year comes from Kelly Gamont. I think a first timer for underrated joke of the year. Um, The word is obstipation. The definition is extreme constipation. And of course, that leads us all to do the whole Saturday, Saturday, Saturday thing to which uh, Kelly chimes in. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> we'll sell you the whole uh, seat, but you. Kelly, only I love your company. I need to be alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Gets almost completely ignored by the entire panel, but I thought it was pretty good. So good job, Kelly. I have a I have a clip from that very episode, by the way. What? If you'd like, how it, could that hear be? It. This sure, this was ahead. actually cut
3: out of the episode uh, because um, it essentially derails the entire thing and you had to start again and you almost went to the other question and um i'll
0: play it now because this is uh it was brian's fault anapticsus trauma to the nail bed that results in striped fingernails oh we've
6: definitely done that one before i've recognized that from an old episode right shoot
2: <laughs>
6: that was a joke that was completely a joke
2: <laughs> Are you serious? oh my gosh no. i don't remember hearing that one
7: Oh no. Uh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, this moving on to really round no,
7: no, five. <laughs> Wait, that was a joke, Tiff. That was a joke. I'm so sorry. I picked a random one and said that.
2: I like <laughs> that one too, Brian. <laughs> That's a good one.
4: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you're a shapely buttocks, Brian.
7: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
4: Oh That's my god. <laughs>
0: God, no, no harm so no harm no foul God. well i mean you, you kind of did make harm and foul but that's all right so i i will reread sorry. the ones that i've already read at some point but they will be in different spots you ready wait no <laughs> poor brian i know he's suffering over there but i think I it's okay brian
5: it's okay brian for real this time
0: thank you to Stephen
3: schepanski for uh taking care of brian oh and not God. embarrassing him by uh editing that out of that episode
5: <laughs> i would not want to edit that <laughs> podcast <laughs>
4: Thank you, Jason, yeah. for
7: embarrassing my friend, Brian
4: Hamilton, yeah. by including it
7: now. <laughs> uh, he feels bad when he lies to people. That's adorable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you see people what you're missing out with by not subscribing to uh, The Incomparable and getting to listen to all
3: the bootlegs. For for a couple of weeks, I I tried this thing where I would occasionally randomly tell people congratulations just to see what, what they would say. Um, and uh, I told that to a co- co-worker and she said... How did you know I was pregnant? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then I stopped doing that. So, Brian, let this be a lesson to you. Oh. Wow. wow. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, speaking of I'm Goblin here, low definition 20. <laughs> oh Again, this is bootleg only material. So if you're not an Incomparable member, maybe you should rectify that. So you can this enjoy this great content. This episode of The Incomparable content. is brought to you by The Incomparable <laughs> I just enjoy us doing our beat poetry when we read through all of our past answers. Oh. So uh, that's a pretty good moment. Anal cleft. An itch that cannot be reached. Like sweet potatoes. <laughs> a horse grave. Full of sand. <laughs> traveling headache. A person who is unable to tell when someone cannot hear them. Blue milk pudding. Porn pie. Everybody a chamber pot come with Since- marshmallows
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those aren't pillows
3: a caboose.
2: <laughs>
6: Moons of all suit Moons of all
2: suit
6: That's <laughs> just like I just picture the one guy starts clapping in the back <laughs> and then everybody starts clapping. Why do yams leak? A purification ritual performed by sin fittest monks. <laughs> <Whoa>. Surprisingly
0: moist. <laughs> You win. That was the best. That was the best. It's good stuff. I feel like we may have done that on a previous episode as well, but I think so. Made me laugh. Anywho, it always works. uh, And uh, one last thing: episode four forty of the main show. Full disclosure: you know, after the horrible mistake we made with Zoom and enhance last year, Mm -hmm. I guess the Skeletor clip loop is back on. It's apparently inevitable, so I'm just going to lean into it. Bring on that sweet Skeletor apocalypse, I say. So I pick the clip from last year's clip show of me picking out previously unnoticed details in a clip of me picking on Jason for picking up his recycling, while listening to Jonathan Mann picking his guitar, while singing about me... Picking listener Ben, picking listener Etienne, picking me, picking me, picking listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad, picking me, picking Skeletor. Steve,
8: no!
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
8: well,
3: I'm not playing. This.
2: What? We're not going to have God. to hear nope, it this year? Nope,
3: yeah, I'm nope. not going to make you all hear it <laughs> this
7: year, no. Thank God. Uh, well, that was great, Steve.
3: Thanks, Monty. It's your turn. How do you
2: follow that?
7: <laughs> well, I was going to talk about episode 453, Turn Left at the Asteroid, but it turns out almost everybody else from that episode is on this episode, uh-huh. and uh, is. they also liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought that was fun. Yeah. I thought it was a fun thing to do, and I liked listening to it after. Over on the game show feed, uh, sometimes we play Fiasco, which is kind of a game and kind of just improv and i really liked cicero holmes's performance as g.e.n.e. on the (laughs) michelangelo of space alpaca raising thought he was great there and i thought that was a really fun thing uh i really liked the random trek rpg that we did (gasps) members only um my character is a Vulcan, but he has the soul of a Duke of Hazards, and I have a lot of fun. There's not that much opportunity to drive like a Duke of Hazard in Star Trek, so I do it whenever possible.
0: Mm-hmm. I've never thought about the singular of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs>
7: <laughs> we got to the end of the Game of Thrones, which we were covering for TV. I did not quite make it to the end of the series, but well, like many I, characters in the show, Monty really yeah, like many characters. <laughs> I want to honor the end of the Game of Thrones podcast that is part of our TV podcast. I did not make it to the end, but I was there for a lot of it, and it is bittersweet to see it end, even if it eventually comes back when we somehow have time to cover the seasons we skipped uh partly because the game of thrones sub podcast is the only sub podcast of our tv podcast that i've ever been on (laughs) except for somehow one episode of a doctor who podcast it says here yeah i have no memory of doing Mm, i don't know i
5: don't remember that either
7: (laughs) that's honestly all i can remember of things that have not already been mentioned Okay, I will play a bunch of clips now, but
3: before I do, I'll just say yes. Uh, I, oh, yes, and uh, I really liked the um, the time loop movies, Source Code and Edge of Tomorrow. I'm already compiling a list of other kind of like not quite as uh, well-known as they should be movies uh, to do some more next year. Uh, I enjoyed doing all the Spider-Man stuff. The rocket surgery improv was a lot of fun, and we did, I feel like, some very particularly ridiculous drafts, which I'm proud of. I also want to put a shout out to listener Diane, who... Uh, discovered our podcast last year in 2019, started listening from the beginning and was tweeting about how she was discovering things we said like seven years ago and found them amazing. Uh, so <laughs> they've come true. Thank you. Yes. Thank you to listener Diane. Uh, here are some clips sent in by uh, listeners. Uh, listener, starting with the main show, listener Joe set in this clip in which a uh, a panelist is booed by other panelists for reasons <laughs> oh, that no. will become apparent. <laughs>
6: Dan, your choice. Uh, so I played a little bit of a risk here, which is I actually left the leader of my team till my very last mm. pick. But Ooh-hoo. I knew this would be safe. Um, <laughs> but when you're looking for a leader, you're looking for someone who is tried and tested in the leadership position, who's maybe got some tactical expertise, some you know strategic know-how, and frankly, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, is a wet blanket because that's the kind of person that you need sometimes in charge <laughs> oh, of a team. Oh, oh so. no.
0: No. No. Damn. No. no. Damn. We almost made it through the whole episode. Don't.
6: I'm so sorry, but I, I, no, I, no. I, need, I need Cyclops.
2: No! no. I need Cyclops. I <laughs> need Cyclops. Oh.
6: Which disappointing Scott did you hey, get? It's all going to come together. Oh, Dan. Hey, no one came into this saying, just pick your favorite X-Men, okay? I'm not saying defend your choice, but I am saying defend your choice. What are you doing, Dan? (laughs) Uh,
4: I knew exactly what the clip was before you played it.
3: Yeah, Merlin's trying to bargain Dan out of picking Cyclops in the X-Men draft, but uh, to no avail. That
6: draft was so fun. Congratulations, Dan. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You've got Cyclops. (laughs) I hope you like it. By the way, Jason, how did you know Dan was pregnant? (laughs) (laughs)
7: Hang on, that's my new uh, title pick for this episode. <laughs>
3: uh, this is a, a not, not necessarily an underappreciated joke, but a really good joke. Maybe my favorite uh, favorite joke. I feel like this is a professional comedian level uh, setup of a joke that we accidentally found, that Gene McDonald accidentally found uh, <laughs> in our Jaws episode <laughs> that it makes me oh, laugh. And Lister Stewart yes. uh, sent this one in.
9: One of the things I liked about the lead up to this scene was the showing not one, but two huge ferry boats with people disembarking. And all I could think was... Did the shark order, like, takeout? And-
2: yeah.
9: <laughs> so many more people than, he- than he were-, were supposed to be there. It was like a big
1: smorgasbord. You know, if I were directing this movie, I cut to the shark at that point rubbing his fins together going, Oh, boy.
2: Oh,
3: <laughs> this is going to be good.
2: <laughs> oh,
3: the takeout. It's like he ordered some fairies. In. It's great. The Love
4: timing it. is so patient and so... Absolutely perfect. It's, it's really good. Send more tourists. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: listener Dan sent this in from our Spider-Man 2 episode. Oh, listener me. And uh not it's not you. Different, <laughs> different Dan. We had listener named... Joe Steele D- earlier. Did you know listener Dan other people are also named Dan. And this is this is uh they described this, listener Dan, as a uh, like almost like a mini robot or not episode. Uh inside a Spider-Man 2 episode because there was a particularly stupid detail of this movie that drove me crazy. <laughs> Fortunately, you know what's going to turn his life around? Steve, you know it. It's cake. It's cake, man. She's, because... Uh, cake and milk. Because there's some cake and milk. She says, in fact, would you like some chocolate cake? And he says, yes. Uh, Cut to an empty plate with
0: yellow crumbs on it. <laughs> <laughs> <And> which which <laughs> amounts to exactly nothing. The whole scene... Has no reason to exist. Does niece of Rentman
3: think that if you have a yellow cake with chocolate frosting on it, it's a chocolate cake? Because I insist it is not.
0: (laughs) By the way, I'm officially changing my business cards to say niece of Rentman. (laughs) (laughs) Rent.
3: Chocolate cake is not yellow. Rentman. Um, This is a uh, uh, listener, David, also not our David here. Different listener, David. Um, sent this in saying that even though we talked about Into the Spider-Verse in uh, 2018, it was after we recorded the clip show. It's true, so I'm going to allow this clip in which uh, I believe it's Tony uh, expresses surprise that any art could be created by Hollywood.
5: I can't believe that it exists and it exists as successfully as it is it's i mean so... the, the speech
8: bu- speech Ugh. bubbles for the internal monologues the yes. offset dot color printing dots
7: like there's just oh, so yeah. much this like how the did they even like
2: who let them the get lines. away with this
7: you uh, know? the uh, dimensional uh, glitching that starts yeah. in the opening yes. like studio
8: yeah. logos yes. that moment like, it just, it just feels so cool and experimental that it's like, how did this get into a movie that we're allowed to see in theaters? Yes. <laughs> isn't, isn't there something about the big studio business that's supposed to crush these kinds of hopes and dreams? <laughs> Good point.
3: Solid point. Mm. Um, let's move on to the game show. Uh, some nice listener submissions here, including uh, this episode was mentioned earlier. Uh, this involves uh, what I would I, I've decided we might need a second definition for the term lizing. Uh, And this is Uh
6: Exhibit A. (laughs) Liz, what is catoptromancy?
9: So once upon a time, there was a school called Hogwarts. And in that school, (laughs) you had a teacher of divination who was uh, Professor Trelawney, who was played by Emma Thompson in some of the Harry Potter movies. And she did lots of sorts of divination, like she looked in teacups and stuff. But one of the sorts... Uh, that she didn't do is what we see in a 1930 something movie called Snow White that was based
2: on (laughs) a a grim fairy
9: tale book published sometime in the 19th century? Probably. Anyway, and that one, and that's got my second
8: favourite Disney villain in it,
9: the Evil Queen, who's amazing and is very, very scary in the Disney ride. And she ride. told
8: a story about
2: <laughs> <laughs>
9: And one of the things that she did, other than painting poison apples red, which really kind of indicates more poison to me than green anyway, um, is she looks in a mirror sometimes. And she saw things there and her mother would like chat back and tell her stuff. That is a form of divination that was not taught at Hogwarts, and that's Catrapocha Nancy.
3: <laughs> <right>.
2: Your
9: Honor
6: <laughs> uh, overall. Wow. I'm not quite sure what that she's was doing a fine there, moment. except what happened, except lying, <laughs> like multi-part bluff. Buff. <laughs> she's
1: yes-anding
6: herself the whole time. Yeah, it's
3: just like a whole Wikipedia page fell out of that. Oh. <laughs> but in the end, it didn't work, did it no. though? Oh, no. I don't
6: think I so. S- oh, I no. seem to
3: remember it did not. Well, that was a lot of uh, knowledge uh, that supplied by Liz Miles. So uh, let's go to something uh, that was really dumb. She's a real font of knowledge. A little really dumb from a low definition. Uh, What's this low definition? Of a, it's a dumb thing listener Aaron said that uh, Steve said.
0: Well, think, if it's dumb, it's probably from low definition. Yeah, <laughs> and it's probably something Steve said. Here <laughs> here it is. It's a new catchphrase. All righty. So why do yams? Is it a vegetable <laughs> or is it a tuber? Oh no! The yams. The it's tuba. not the tuba.
2: <laughs> it's not a tuba. <laughs> wow! Uh, First yes, hour we're nailing I love this. that
3: so much. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just gotta go for the kindergarten cop joke. That <laughs> was I mean, Steve, dumb. Get out! Get, get, out. Solid get out! of here!
0: <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Right now! Me. Stop it! <laughs>
3: All right. Uh, one more game show clip. This comes from listener David, who uh, wins the award. There are like two I got of where people sent in f- actual files. So I needed to do no work to make clips. And as it, his reward, the listener David gets to have his voice played on the podcast. Here it
7: is. My pick from 2019 book ends game show episode 115, where Liz, whose snark cuts so deep while being so nice, starts the game by judging her team here.
9: So, let me get this straight. Um, so, I'm going to pretend that I'm going to get it right, and then you're both going to get it wrong, and then, so, we'll oh, God. And here. Is there any way I can just answer all of them myself? Unfortunately,
4: no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this
7: is a terrible
3: thing about?
7: But after her team destroys the competition, she offers this.
3: Congratulations to Team Europe, Liz, Angie, and Anthony, 890 points, and condolences to the USA, Ow. the makers of Star Trek. I, uh,
4: I, I blame the metric system. David I Moises, I, got the 190. I would
9: like to apologize profusely for. The small doubts I may have expressed to my team at the beginning of this episode—I
2: was wrong. You yep. and me, I, small, small 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 I doubts.
3: <laughs> That's a third definition of lizing, Maybe I don't know. Also, thank you to David for putting the sound effects
1: into his clip. I'm still <laughs> still twitching from that. They're actual files, oh. but they sound like clips to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something like that All that right. was the episode
1: where she, she blamed me for
4: giving my future self an answer. Mm-hmm. And then I lost anyway.
3: This is some TPK clips. Because uh, also a thing that I found out just in the last few weeks is um, somebody said that they really enjoyed listening to the game show. And we're not aware that we also did a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which I don't know how that's possible. We're not cross promoting enough, I guess. We do. It's called Total Party Kill. It comes out every week. Plus, there's the regular show, which comes out every week. And the game show, which comes out, I don't know. Sort of every other
0: week, sort of (laughs) not something like that. We we're doing a lot. Not the regular show that's on Cartoon Network. That's too far of a cross promotion. We're
3: doing a lot of uh, of podcasts here, people, and you can listen to them. Anyway, this is a dumb thing that I did. (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) speaking of Game of Thrones, which Monty and I did that uh, that flashcast with uh, Brian Hamilton for a long time. uh, This this came up uh, totally naturally in as Steve was uh, failing, by the way, to mark somebody as his quarry. Uh, that sounds wrong. Listener Matt sent this in.
0: Yeah, I'm going to twin strike him. So uh, this one is the dude in the north. The dude in the north! <laughs>
3: <laughs> great. <laughs> Unexpected Game of Thrones references. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Monty, for recognizing my joke. It was
7: great. Uh, I loved the pause where you, you can hear Steve rolling his dice. I can hear you thinking, am I going with this? I think I was, I think I was eating a sandwich anything. or yes, something. I, am. I guess I am. <laughs> Steve's
0: going to roll the dice there. Some of my favorite moments are when you hear the gears turning <laughs> and then you realize that's what the gears were turning yeah. for. Yeah. I was like,
3: well, that's really dumb. I shouldn't. Oh, Steve's going to roll the dice here. Okay. I'll just say it. it we'll move on. It's fine. Um. Uh, this is this is a uh, so if you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, you may not realize that there are different f- classes of damage. You can have like bludgeoning damage and necrotic damage and radiant damage. Uh, there's uh, in this episode uh, that listener Simon sent in a clip for uh, Dan. Oh, listener Simon discovers a uh, different kind of damage.
2: I mean,
5: almost tall enough that he could just hop down in the pit and like just hold his hands up and like you know carry people from one
6: to the other. Yeah. How how deep is the pit? Ten feet. If it's 10 feet long, could I lie down and turn myself into a bridge? (laughs) Yes, you could. All right, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Give me a strength check. Sure.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Six. That's I don't like like this right? at all. You fall into oh. the pits And you take 11 points of damage
0: Wait, it's full of water now
8: Yeah, it's at least half full of water It should be half that Nope, that was dumb enough that he takes of
0: damage. <laughs> I can't I argue.
8: argue with that fair, yeah. You've yeah. taken fair 11 fair dumb
0: damage Amla.
7: Tough but fair mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, You land on your neck Because of the stupid thing you were doing There is
0: no resistance to dumb damage You just take it it's true. It's true. <laughs> Words
1: to live by.
3: I don't know. I thought that was a pretty great moment. I, playing playing the clip back, <laughs> it's so clear that Tony and Erica at the very least are certain what's going to happen next. And they're proof right. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Yeah. Scott is a harsh taskmaster.
3: In the in the Shocktober uh, episodes of tpk uh there is an ongoing story involving a uh a ghost musician who needs <laughs> to have uh sheet music in order to play his complete piece and then the uh the players get a boon after that and uh they they did it uh and our our friend uh Ooh. listener tm trains uh sent this uh this clip oh, in TM trains. uh where something unexpected happened
8: You know, he's got it. It takes a couple of attempts for him to arrange the sheet music in uh, the right order, but then once he's got it, he's got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can't work under these conditions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the best I've ever heard. Uh, we found that fourth sheet, is all I have to uh, say. It is. was really sort of found, foundering until it reached that last uh, stanza. A <laughs> tune for organ
7: and air horn. <laughs>
6: all right. I hate all of that. You all also receive the gift of music. Ability. I mean
7: <laughs> the hills are alive
2: <laughs> with a okay. gift of music You know,
8: that's all that musical was lacking was a couple air horns. Uh you know, if We're Bach had if Bach had an air horn in his time. <laughs> Up on a hill is a
7: lonely goat hurt <laughs> bra
6: no. <laughs> wow they should really never let me have a soundboard it's basically yeah. the answer.
3: <laughs> we are knuckleheads yeah. I always like to have some some ridiculous singing in uh, the clips and that was, a, that was a good one, thank you TM Trains and uh, listener Mike said in this, this is also from I think maybe even the same episode, uh, remember when I said that there are different kinds of damage like dumb damage, there is also uh, this kind of damage
8: the gazebo collapses Ha <laughs> we win I'm just checking. Who's in the gazebo? Just me. Just, just checking. Rita. Who is not a ghost that's in the gazebo? Just me. All right. Uh, Jane, can you make us a dexterity saving throw against gazebo falling on you? I, I resist gazebo damage. <laughs> <laughs> Smart choice. It's a necrotic
6: gazebo. You built a great character. Min <laughs> maxed.
8: Okay, that's a 21 now.
6: You all right. all right. You dive out to the gazebo as you see it shaking. And manage to uh, basically survive. Yeah,
8: you'll take eleven half gaze-
6: gl- glancing gazebo damage. Yes. How
0: G-G-D. heavy was that gazebo?
6: Very heavy. It's made of like stone and stuff. Oh, stone gazebo. Okay. Who makes a
0: gazebo out of stone? That's
6: that's
9: not- ghosts. That's not what gazebo. They weren't ghosts when they
6: made the gazebo.
7: Well, that's what you think. It's more of a ghost But Anyway, (laughs) the architect was also a ghost. (laughs)
8: Thank you, Mutt. Thank
3: you, Mutt. Everyone involved
7: had died. (laughs) That's Uh, why it's
0: so spooky. (laughs) Gazebo fact checking. Come to us. That's on brand for us. (laughs) Uh, I still remember my first gaze box. <laughs> gaze boxes, <laughs> they are yeah. the best equipment. The ghost
3: in the gaze yeah. box. My D and D gaze box set. All right, and this one, uh, this is, is a very short clip that is very good. It is Monty calling it like it is when our dungeon master asks us what we remember from previous
8: episodes. Deal's a deal. Let me tell you about Rutherford. What do you know already? I'll fill in the I'll fill in the
7: missing details. Most of the we, time, we remember his name. <laughs> we
3: tell, we, that's it.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, sounds right. Yep. And that's it. Those are all
3: the clips. Wow. wow I thought that. We did it, everybody. We did it. Or, or should I say we started a new
7: year, uh, 2020. Yay. It's, Yay. A year. it's 2021 already. Yeah. Congratulations. So 2021. We'll be
3: back here in a week to record the 2020 clip <laughs> show in advance. That's going to, we'll do that make things up it'll be the improv clip show you didn't know you wanted good
5: well and then it's like a it's just like a a, a blueprint for
3: the rest of the year yeah then we we have to make all those things we predicted happen yep
7: oh i like it yeah sounds i liked that episode where jason said how great i was just over and over again for
3: like an hour when i was replaced (laughs) by (laughs) airborns uh all right well then this that wraps up the uh the crate clip show episode for uh 2019 and i would like to thank my my panelists who have been
4: patiently listening to me play back clips for the last eight hours Boy says Chewyon, thank you you know I, I feel like uh i feel like uh i have nowhere to go but down in the in the ranking of, of appearances from here and uh that's probably what everybody wants for the best
3: bow, bow, bow,
6: bow.
2: <laughs> Dan Moore, thank you
6: uh, i'm looking forward to being on the one low definition that takes place next year it seems to be how it's going <laughs> Eric ensign thank you i am really tired at this point so i have nothing clever to say
3: that's, that's your happy 2020 the listeners are right there with you right there with you david j Lohr, thank you Doo-doo.
1: that's all i've got
0: Boo-doo. uh well i say <coughs> to that uh steve lutz thank you happy 2020 and great job keeping it short everybody happy New year. <laughs> it's under three hours this year congratulations you you're all pregnant And Monty (laughs) Ashley, thank you. (laughs) Bow,
7: bow, bow, everyone.
3: (laughs) 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 And I've been your host, Jason Snell, and this has been The Clip Show, and we're done now. Goodbye.
0: And uh, one last thing, episode 440 of the main show, full disclosure. You know, after the horrible mistake we made with Zoom and Enhance last year, Mm -hmm. I guess the Skeletor clip loop is back on. (laughs) It's apparently inevitable, so I'm just going to lean into it. Bring on that sweet Skeletor apocalypse, I say. So I pick the clip from last year's clip show of me... Picking out previously unnoticed details in a clip of me picking on Jason for picking up his recycling, while listening to Jonathan Mann picking his guitar, while singing about me, picking listener Ben, picking listener Etienne, picking me, picking me, picking listeners Laurie, Janice, and Chad, picking me, picking Skeletor.
1: Steve, no!
0: Uh, this is from uh, episode 387, Good Job Jerks. That's, uh, that's actually last year's clip show episode. Huh. Jason, hey, you may recall that, uh, that I asked you to play the clip from the previous year's clip show of you taking out your garbage. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you may also recall that we discussed some clear inefficiencies in the amount of time it takes you to deal with your recyclables. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've had a whole year now to think about it. And I, I would like to go over that clip again. I've come up with some strategies, uh, vis a vis maximizing your recyclable sorting algorithm. Oh, good. And improving the efficiency of your disposal technique. Um, I've also taken the liberty of bringing up a satellite map of your house. I think if you listen again, I'll be able to identify an optimized route that uh, that might save you some man hours week to week. So, uh, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hear that clip again. Uh, all right. This actually isn't so much a favorite moment as I just have some questions about it. <laughs> and uh, it's actually at the end of the episode, Jason takes Ooh. out his recycling.
3: going to take out the recycling.
0: Hey, Overcast, play last year's clip show. It, it's interesting that you start a, a show for the the very brief experience of taking the recycling out. You don't know how far the recycling goes. I say, I say brief, but this goes on for a long time. Do they make you sort your recyclables alphabetically in Marin?
7: Do you like that just because you wanted to heckle it while it happened? Because <laughs> I
0: like
1: this new
6: model.
0: Seriously, there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot of recycling
1: going on here. I see maybe all this like, get, with, get with the single streamer bus, Jason. Well, it's also, he's having to separate out all the stuff that nobody gotta else did.
3: I take it out and just the side yard, and then I gotta open the gate and then I gotta roll it across the oh. front lawn
7: and put it in the street. So, you're saying some people thought the episode was over and didn't listen to all of this? It's true.
0: Are you taking out the recycling right now? I thought maybe this was <laughs> the day after the beer episode, but I'm not hearing any bottles and cans here. Oh! oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will defeat the incomparable, and they will never draft me again. Oh, <laughs> well, that's weird. Is that is that your neighbor? Uh, no, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's still very strange. Hey, you know, I do, I do want to share my recycling concepts with you. Okay. But, um, something, <laughs> something seems odd about that about that clip i wonder could we do you do you have the ability to uh to let us hear a version of that clip but without the panelist commentary over the top
3: oh sure yeah let's see what i got here uh i'm gonna take out the recycling hey overcast play last year's clip show
0: oh oh boy uh, Jason, Jason, any, yeah. you can, can you stop the clip? Sure. Can you, oh boy, I've got a bad feeling about this. Can you, can you isolate the podcast audio you're listening to in that clip? Uh, yeah, I can do and that. Then, okay, great. And I want you to do that. And then also zoom and enhance.
3: Oh, zoom and enhance. All right. Let me, I think I can do that. That's like two buttons here. Let me see. Okay. Let's see. I cause I got to do the clip thing, which is that. And then I got to do the yeah. zoom and enhance thing, which is that.
0: Ben no! Diane Picking, no. Sarah, Deanne, picking <laughs> Steve, picking Laurie, Janice and Chad Picking
2: Steve, picking Skeletor
0: my second favorite moment of 2014 was when listener Etienne picked me in the 2013 Clip Show, oh, picking no. me <laughs> in the 2012 Clip Show, picking listeners Laurie, Janice, and Chad in the 2011 Clip Show, picking me, picking Skeletor in the TV Fantasy Character Draft. What's your number one pick, Steve? My favorite moment of 2014 is listener Ben picking listener Etienne, picking me, picking uh, listeners Laurie, Janice, and Chad picking me, picking Skeletor.
1: Hi, this is Ben from Somerville,
6: Massachusetts, my favorite moment on the incomparable Podcast was from episode 200, where a listener, Etienne, picked Steve Lutz from the (laughs) 2013 recap episode. Picking, Steve Lutz picking from the 2012 recap episode. (laughs) <laughs> Listener's picking Steve Lutz picking from the television character draft episode. Keep going Skeletor.
0: Hi. Oh, no. It's listener Etienne again. Do you really have to listen to him? I'm in oh. fact
4: picking Steve Lutz from the twenty thirteen recap episode, picking himself picking <laughs> <laughs> from the twenty twelve recap episode, picking himself in the twenty eleven recap
1: episode, drafting Skeletor in episode fifty eight. It's Skeletor all the way down.
0: Oh, bless you. This is an enabler. Bless you, Etienne. <laughs> one of those clips stands above all the rest it does really and that is why i hereby pick the clip in which i picked the clip in which i picked skeletor in our 2011 tv fantasy draft i'm going to pick the part in the 2011 clip show episode where we played the skeletor <laughs> clip my goal is to create a recursive a singularity? loop that eventually takes over the entire annual clip show podcast Listener Lori, she says the TV
3: character draft made her laugh from beginning to end, so I guess my favorite moment, Steve, was the drafting of Skeletor. Yes! Listener Chad wrote in simply saying, Skeletor!
2: Yes.
0: Well, I'm going to go with one then that's uh, that's close to my heart for various reasons, and uh, I know somebody's just raring to pick him, so I better grab him now. I'm going pick, to uh, pick Skeletor from the Masters of the Universe <laughs> cartoon series. <laughs> Sorry, I did not see that
2: come.
7: Are we back to reality yet? Yeah, hold on. I can't actually tell when the clips
0: are over.
3: Skeletor all the way down, he says there. That's the end oh, of the clip. Oh, my God. And that's the end of the clip of the clip of the clip of the clip. What did you do, Steve? Ooh,
6: what have you I done? Can, what, Wait, hold on, what hold happened? on. Is it
0: 2018? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, I'm the ghost got it all done in one night Oh my wow, god what, I, Gosh, well, one would have thought you could have like stopped that Before we had to hear the whole thing But I guess maybe I don't know took charge of your computer Oh my god Very complicated It was fine until I zoomed in <laughs> and enhanced Never zoom in enhance, Jason
6: <laughs> Oh my god For the, huh, for the rest well, of time I have to listen to myself From 2010 laughing hysterically yeah. at Steve. <laughs>
5: I know, after all this time Dan's still surprised still, every year. He never sees it coming <laughs>
0: Well, yep. never I guess blindsided. no matter what we do we're going to have to listen to that clip every year so we might as well lean into it I suppose so mm.
3: um, I suppose so zoom in enhance oh, I hope somebody enjoyed that cuz uh, we'll be hearing that again next
0: year <laughs> Yeah I can picture all of you looking at your phones and uh, you know maybe writing the first chapter of your novel first two chapters <laughs> at this point